Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. If you can, um, start putting in speaker requests. Yes. What's up, dudes? Um, we are going to chop it up for a little bit, doing some... Um, I'm still still saying locker room. Spotify green room. Um, waiting for Sherrod, Jimmy, and uh, and uh, who was the last guy? Bobby. Bobby to come in here. Yes, we are lining it up. Sherrod is here. Bobby is here. Uh, we're going to welcome in Connor Hi, so, to speak uh, right out of the gate. Connor, I sort of have like a two-part question for you guys. So um, a lot of the season, I'd kind of see that sometimes. Tatum and Brown can, like, blow, like, shooting. Like, they'd be shooting the ball, like, inefficient to start games. And Brad wouldn't really put him in good situations to get, like, open or easy shots to sort of get in, like, a rhythm. I'm wondering what you think Ime could do to sort of, like, get them going early in games so they can be much more efficient. Who wants that? Bobby? Bobby, you're on mute. I lost Sherrod. Shit. Bobby, there. Connor, hit us one more time with that. All right. So, sort of like Tatum Brown sometimes start games inefficiently and shoot kind of like poorly from yep, the field. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, Brad wouldn't really put him in. Like, they kind of just have him try to, like, ISO their way out of it. So, I was wondering what, like, ways you think Eme could put him in, like, good situations to sort of get out of a rhythm. Get into a rhythm. I mean, huge frustration of mine that Tatum would sometimes Tatum's slow starts, and sometimes Tatum's starts that didn't involve him uh, getting a lot of action, and especially when Brad's rotation was always. And I'm curious what Emay's rotations are going to be, but Brad's rotation was pretty set on Tatum would come out at about the six minute mark, come back at about the two minute mark, you know. Uh, of the first quarter and start the second quarter with the bench unit. So he'd be out there um, to get them going. But sometimes in those first six minutes, he wouldn't put a stamp on the game. Um, things obviously changed with injuries late and into the playoffs. He just played a shit ton. But I, I think a lot of it just has to be, you got to just run. <laughs> you gotta, I mean, our biggest knock on Brad was what always um, uh, the biggest knock on Brad was he kind of lets guys play. Uh, and he doesn't say, we're going to do this to start. I really want to attack this matchup. I want to make sure that this guy gets his looks. So I guess part of that will be, what's Emei going to do? What, what, what's his style going to be? Is he going to force the issue? Is he going to say, I want Jason to get involved early? Or this is the matchup we want to try to exploit all game long. Let's get after it. I don't know. Uh, Sherrod, what do you think? I mean, I think the fact that he he talks a lot about defense – I got to believe that he's going to look to play guys who bring a certain defensive presence. I, I'm curious to see the additions that they make to surround Jason and, and Jalen with between now and the start of next season. There, I, I, to me, I, I think that there's, there's, they're going to be looking to find someone who has a clear and undeniable 
specialty being defense, whether it's rebounding, whether it's on the ball defense, uh, but something at that end of the floor that's going to really kind of jumpstart these guys. Uh, and I, I think the thinking is that by doing that, that is going to trickle down and you're going to play better offense. So we'll see. We will see. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Um, what do you think? Um, I think that a lot of the, the ways he'd, like, catch the ball would be, like, in the post or, like, get, like, a flare out to, like, the wing. I think he should probably, like, like catch and shoot threes, like, backdoor cuts and just, like, easy, like, easy easier shots and, like, the step-back threes and the post fadeaways or, like, 6'4 guards. He's a 6'9 player. So I just want him to get some easier shots. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that makes sense. Hey, just a heads up to the people uh, who are in here and joining. Um, the, uh, if you haven't done this before, when we put you on the platform, just mute until we call for you so you don't get a lot of background noise. Um, line up your speaker request. We'll get to as many people as we possibly can. Also, if you guys want to tweet the link out, you can to your followers. Get more people into the room. Uh, Sherrod, Bobby, if you haven't done that already, go ahead. But guys, like I said, keep the request coming. We'll get you in there. Um, as, uh, as as many of you as we can. Uh, Antonio, what's up, man? Oh, what's up, guys? So I have a, a fun trade proposal. I do not want you guys to take this too seriously. That's for fun. But I thought of this okay, the other it's just day. Fun? Yes, yeah, it's just for fun. All right. It's Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma and Gentavious Caldwell Pope. You guys are probably going to hate it, but the only reason I said this is because Kyle Kuzma and Jalen Brown are good friends, and yeah. <laughs> um, I'm good. <laughs> Pass? I'm good. <laughs> you want nothing to do with the Kuz? Uh, if Kyle Kuzma came here and everyone started calling him the Kuz, what would, what would, what would happen to Nick's <laughs> It would be a boomer implosion. Boomer, never seen. Oh my god! Imagine if he became the Kuz. It always bothered me when a Ladanian Tomlinson was being called LT. <laughs> but I never got yeah. that. There was an LT. He's literally one of the top five football players who've ever played. And and you yeah. just get, you just give somebody else a nickname. But yeah, um, the the Kuz alone would be reason not to do it. Um, Antonio, anything else other than that trade proposal? Oh, yeah. And you sat up here and acted like the Phoenix Suns are just fucking – like the Boston Celtics and Phoenix Suns roster are, like, on the same level. They're not – They're the not on the same level. That wasn't the point. The point was you're looking at teams and say – I'm saying the Celtics made an inordinate amount of excuses last year. You look at Atlanta's roster. They're knocking on the door of the NBA Finals. Are we, liter- are we saying the Celtics – couldn't be competitive with Atlanta. I picked out Phoenix because the box scores in no, front of us. We all know that, but they didn't have a chance. I understand, but like roster. I said, Phoenix is star- at the beginning of the year. If you said, "Oh, we've got Booker and Booker and Paul versus Brown and Tatum," who do you want? Okay, mm-hmm. if you lined up their lineups side by side to start the but what year, about Ian? what about I understand what everybody have run to Phoenix and be like, that's the team. Oh my God, I love those guys. No, at the beginning of the year, Bobby, if we told you, hey. Whose roster you like better, Phoenix or Boston? You would have said Boston, okay? So, yes, over the course of the – what we're talking about is the results of a shitty losing team. It's easy to look at the Celtics and be like, oh, issues. 
I'm not flat out comparing them. I'd rather have Bridges than Fournier. I would rather have Aiton than Rob Williams. They're, they're deeper. But their bench right now, they're playing guys who are playing their roles well. This isn't the team that you look up and down the roster and be like, holy shit. Like, when we were looking at Brooklyn during the year, Bobby, how scary was that? Like, not only was their starting lineup ultimate with the big three, but you're looking down the bench and you're like, Jesus, we don't have that guy. Like, they've got Joe Harris knocking down 30 at any given time. Like, that looked like a ridiculously deep team. You look at Milwaukee, they're starting P.J. Tucker and basically playing six guys a night, you know? Uh, it, it's I, I, What we're saying is it's not – you're not looking at these teams and saying, holy shit, these are super teams that are left right now. They're not. They're good teams that have built around a couple of good players, which means the Celtics – should have been considerably better than a nine seed, whatever the hell they were, than a seven seed this year. That's the only point I'm making. But that they had literally the fifth best roster in the East alone. I, again, I, I thought I, you came into this if year, the, John. If the, the Celtics, uh, I'll ask you this, okay? Because what's funny is if the Celtics had the fifth best roster coming in, why was the consensus among all NBA experts looking at this team that they would be a two or a three seed? Consensus. Who, who said that? Who said and literally everybody every expert. And Bobby knows this because he texted me or emailed every single one of them. <laughs> he knows it. Bobby no, I said remember that too. But you all of them, the Bobby. And, and, that the roster wasn't very good. We thought they were a four or five. They ended up being a seven, which is fine. Um, because I think COVID and other uh, other issues, way too many semi-minutes, way too many grant minutes, and that is emblazoned in people's minds because that's all they remember, and they see these ass players playing. These guys on a healthy team that was functioning the way that it should have all season long should have been your 9, 10, 11 players never seeing the court. But we saw a lot of them, and it became this team is ass. But again, if you look at Kemba Walker went healthy, Rob went healthy, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, adding Evan Fournier, it was a serviceable team that did not have a bottom five NBA roster. That no, was I mean, your point, point stands. Yeah, I think we flipped fun. out over how bad they were. They were at least surrounding the Tatums. They were league average. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, That's, I think the Suns thing is is getting people a little. Uh, it's a little over the top. There, but... I literally plucked the box score to say they're starting freaking Jay Crowder. So let's not overdo it with these. Hey, two. you wanted Crowder as an eighth man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he would have been here. He would have been. Uh, he would have been a st- again your spare wing with Fournier here. If you'd made that trade and you also had Crowder, yeah, he'd be playing twenty something minutes a game coming off the bench. He'd never start for you here. But Peggy Pritchard was literally our sixth man for like into up into the trade deadline. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean that Peggy Pritchard was our sixth was, man. Like I was screaming every night, John, how bad they needed a trade because that roster in the first half of the season was horrible. Again, you just had no Kemba. Smart went down for a while. Tatum went down for a while. It was thin, thin, thin. They 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 couldn't sustain very many. They couldn't sustain much. They couldn't sustain much. But again, these are legitimate professional basketball players. Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Rob Williams, surrounding Tatum and Brown. It's not a bunch of bums. It's not. It's not. These are, all, these are good basketball players. They were. And they were just thin as hell. And they, they went way too deep into their bench because one injury and the dominoes. That one, two guys out at a time and the dominoes would fall and you'd get 20 minutes of grant a night. And it was what it was, you know. I'm not making excuses for the team. All I'm saying is this team could, should. And shit, Bobby, it happened. We said it. Hey, maybe this will finally work. 
maybe entering the playoffs, they'll get healthy. Then Fournier gets COVID and Jalen breaks his wrist. And, and no, then I Rob, mean, so here's, then, here's the then biggest. Rob, then Rob comes up lame, you know, and that was it. Ball game. Here's, you know? here's the biggest point in your favor. If the Celtics could have made the excuse and just kept everything the same, we know they absolutely yeah, would. I'm going to give them but my they didn't. after the offseason. You're in there, buddy. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hang on one second. Oh, sh- did he leave? No, I'm no, here. Emmanuel, keep it on mute one second. Sorry, Bobby's finishing up. Right. Well, I was just going to say, like, the Celtics would have been the first to make that excuse card and keep GM, keep coach, all that stuff, which is why it was so shocking that those changes happened that next day when we were waking up there. It was like, oh, geez, I thought these guys had a little bit of leeway because of all the excuses. But, no, they got aggressive and, you know, seemingly made those changes there that needed to be made. So that, more than anything, to me, says that, they looked at the roster and said, all right, there's a lot of excuses here, but it was something deeper too. Uh, th- there was a lot, there was a lot of everything going on. It was a, it was a perfect storm of shit. But again, the point, the point being made is to put the, is to put the burden the onus on Tatum and Brown, which is don't tell me you couldn't have made do with this. You could have, could you have been a title contender? No, but some of the efforts that they had during the course of the season, I think we gave too much of a pass to surrounding cast. That's the overarching point, which is give me a break, guys. Like, you're superstars. Make it work. You had uh, enough professional basketball players around you to make it work. Um, sadly, they just didn't have enough of them at the same time. Um, and And that's that. But that's the thing is no excuses this year. You go out there. I mean, and that's what kind of Udoka said is, why are we waiting? What are we waiting for? We have these two studs here. We should be, they should be elevating their game to the point that these guys are in the conversation as is next year. You know, Um, there's no excuse making today. We're like, well, if we do, you know, did you hear anybody at the press conference saying today, like, oh, we got to do all this roster needs a lot of work if we're going to be good. Like, no, we got Tatum, we got Brown. We should be good. Let's, 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 let's get, let's get moving. Uh, Emmanuel, what's up? Hey guys, um, thank you for um, you know choosing me again. But uh, yeah, I have like three questions. If that's okay, it's, fire away. All right. Um, okay. My first question is for everybody, for like you, John, and um, oh, it's not, uh, Sherrod. Sherrod, Bobby, and hopefully Jimmy's joining. Oh, and and Bobby too. My fault. Um, what do you think? Like realistically, what do you think Jalen's like? Like ceiling. Like, what do you think is he? Is he like? Where do you think he could go? in the league, like, number-wise, like, ranking-wise, like, 1 through 10, do you think he's, like, a top-10 player? Do you think he's a top-15 player when he speaks his shit? Cause they, top, cause 15. I just... top 15. You think so, Sharad? I think, I think yeah, if, if you're talking about him, like, like maxing out, I think he could be a top-15 player. Top-15. And, and you, John? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to con- condense my long answer as short as I can make it. It is – it's interesting. We, we use this re- this list not as an end-all, be-all, but as a reference point um, just to go back to. At the beginning of the year, we had the ESPN Top 100 list. Jalen was like 30, and, and, um, and, and Jason Tatum was 11, okay? There weren't a lot of people in the top 10 you could argue Tatum was better than entering here, and there's not very many that you could argue are better now. Right. Uh, or that he's better now, but you start to question whether some people have passed him. What, like Devin Booker, like Chris Paul, like Trey Young, and they have or they haven't. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people. 
the point is there's a lot of really good players in this in this league. So I yeah. when we I think Celtics fans very casually throw out, oh, Jason Tatum's a top ten player and Jalen Brown's a top twenty without actually like counting all the good players in the league. And there's a shit ton of them right now. Um, no, the re- the reason so I, I don't so I don't know if it's fifteen because there's a lot of if without even trying, you're gonna get to ten and yeah. be like, holy shit, we, that was 10, and that yeah, was Yeah, but easy. we're saying and where then, he's going, John. I, yeah, I, I'm peak. saying... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's peak. I'm saying I don't know, because some of these people coming up are younger. Yeah, I got you, yeah. So I don't know. No. I mean, it, I, it, does he continue on, or does he get passed by people right now? It, 15 might be high. I, if you say the absolute peak, maybe, yeah, close to it, but I, I won't say with certainty that he ever gets out of the Tier 2 star level right now. I don't even, know, re- if Tatum, I don't even know if Tatum does on it. No, the reason I ask that is because like the the trade for Dame, and I'm not a person who wants I don't I don't like to I like Dame. Dame is a superstar. Let me get this completely correct. Dame is a superstar, but for me it depends on how like if if you're a player, and I get why people think that. For me personally, I'm not training Brown. I think Brown could be like a top 13, top 12, like pretty much top 15 player, right? And him with Tatum, I think Tatum could be a top five player. So if you put those two together, and you have them like we're we gonna are you gonna like bargain the future on having a top two top fifteen players, and then adding another person like Bradley Bill or whoever comes into you know, um, you know whoever get, becomes open as a superstar, or do you go all in and game? And that's I, just for like everybody who's like wanting Jalen Brown to be out. You know, I just I don't know how you. I get why you want Dame, but then I don't know. It depends on how you look at Jalen. Um, for my second question, I, I was gonna say, uh, I don't know. I, with Marcus Smart, I don't know if it's, I think it's gonna be his last year here. I think he's gonna stay, but I think I don't think he's gonna stay for long. I don't think he's like the long term. I don't think he's gonna be here for long term. I don't think he's gonna be here for like only a, another year because. <sighs> I think Marcus Smart is good. Don't get me wrong. I think I kind of touched on it a little bit today. And where he's he's a good player, like a good Swiss Army knife. I just don't think he's going to be a good point guard. And I know it's just, uh, like, I guess his um, contract year this year. And because it's his his uh, contract is expiring after this upcoming year, I just don't see him being a long-term thing. Because I feel like even with even if you were to re- even if you were to resign Marcus Smart, Let's say the deal is about let me eighteen million. Like you, I don't think you would be able to get Bradley Bill. Would, would you? I don't think that cap the cap works. If you wanted to get another superstar, I don't think that that works in a favor. I'm you not have sure. to go insanely lean if you're going to get Bradley Bill. Insanely lean. Right. Yeah, I think the way it'll come together is you cut Horford. Uh, you obviously would have to let Rob go probably, and then uh, you know Smart would have to stick around on like the cheapest deal possible. It would yeah. be tight. I mean, that's the argument against going that route because you would be putting so much on Beal, Tatum, and Brown that, that you know, you don't know if they could handle all the responsibilities that would come with that. Because, you know, you need passing. You need a little bit of stuff at your big man position. I don't know if you could go all in on those three players doing everything for your championship team. Uh, you know, unless you – somehow swung some really good low-key undrafted free agents or, you know, like you'd have to find some like unsung talent here to fill the gaps. And that's how champions usually do it. But I don't know. The Celtics haven't done a great job with that in recent years. So my question is, is like, is it better for them to build within or build out? That's the whole thing. Uh, We talked about it on the show. 
Um, I don't know, right? I mean, that's the sad thing is thankfully we're not the GMs. Like, I, what's amazing to me, guys, is that do you see a lot of strong opinions right now about what the team should do in the future from, like, non-reactionary fans? Like, analysts, media, or a lot of people saying, like, the Celtics have to go get a third star. The Celtics have to re-sign Smart. The Celtics have to re-sign Fournier. It's a lot of kind of people, like, shrugging their shoulders like, shit, I don't know what they have to do. Yeah, because yeah. They, 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 it's been so many mixed results over the last few years where you're not really confident in either direction, except Bobby. Bobby just wants you to re-sign everybody. Yep, they'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bobby's changed his, Bobby's changed his tune because part of, Bobby partly thinks maybe go lean. Maybe. Well, I, I don't Well, he doesn't, he doesn't. I, and I understand because, yeah. Right, exactly. Because I can see, like, if, if you're just a team of Tatum, Brown, and Beal, yeah, those are three awesome players. But you, we're going to be talking about how this team has no depth. They're, you know, one sprained ankle away from, you know, I know, but massive you get guys losing. to just kind of fill the gaps at that point, Jimmy? I don't know. You have to have, that's the thing. You have to have guys who want to play with those three players. So far, there aren't that many players who have really seemed to want to play with Tatum and Brown. At least they, they've come and they've gone. I mean, you can go down the line of veterans that have come here and have left for one reason or another. I'm not saying it's because they don't want to play with Tatum or Brown. But certainly there hasn't been these, you know, veterans who have been, you know, eager to jump on board and fill those gaps and join a championship contending team and play for the, you know, the minimum and just want to win a ring. Like, you're not really getting that out of a team led by Tatum, Brown, and Beal. I think because Tatum and Brown are too young. They don't have that that draw yet, um, which is why I said you need to go out and get a veteran who's been there and done that and that maybe can actually help you acquire some other talent like that, like further down on the depth chart, but can give you good solid minutes and contribute on and off the court. So if you, if you drain the whole roster and now you're like, all of a sudden you're, you're just begging for guys to, to come play for you on a discount. I don't know if that's, if that's going to happen necessarily. Like who's lining up to play with Beal? Right. <laughs> What'd you say? He's lining his pockets yeah. to yeah. play with you. You know what? This is what always worries me with this whole thing. Like, the you know, somebody mentioned Kuzma's friends with uh, Jalen and Tatum's friends with B. Like, do these guys, like, fans are sitting here thinking of fit, you know? Oh, what's the type of player that would fit here? Do, do any of these players think about it? Like, would you think a team that had Harden and Durant would be a fit? You know, like... Are they just trying to shoehorn as many like, you know, I've made multiple all-stars games and we're in the club players together regardless of fit? Or well, does it matter? Well, that's a good point because those Warriors teams, everyone seems to think that they just like stack talent on top of talent and just figured but it they, out. But they, they had real thanks. deal role players. Yeah, they had like a incredible array of guys who did a little bit of everything. Right. It's a complete team. Like the Nets overwhelm you with just – come fucking stop me and you can't, you know, like that's, that's, I know, and you could say, you could say all oh, injuries in the end, but I think a little more than injuries did them in. Maybe, but I, it's I mean, they again, couldn't get a stop. It, they couldn't, the injuries, whatever. But it's like, my concern is like, is Tatum thinking like, who's the best player to come here that's going to compliment me and Jalen and take us to the top? Or is he thinking I want to play with my buddies, you know? Um, is he thinking that Jalen is one of those buddies? Is Jalen thinking that I want – What are who are me? and this? The reason we always talk about Jalen and Jason is those two have to be 
like everyone's like, oh, does it matter if they're best friends? Kinda, because you know you want them to be arm in arm. Like, like just you can't be separated. And 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 pulling the third one in there. If those guys are like, yeah, I could go somewhere else, or, you know, then you're screwed. So, I I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know. I, I, going back and forth when we introduce the topic, I don't know that it's a third star. I think it's those two guys in the right pieces, but that's just me. Uh, Megan, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? I want to say was, no, I agree, uh, going based off what Jimmy was saying, is I think we're looking at it as wrong as far as um, thinking of, like, what star to bring in and, you know, what star wants to play with them. Instead of asking, you know, does Jason and Jalen Brown, can they play with another star? Because it seems like when another star comes, like Hayward or Kemba, right, Jalen Brown kind of takes a hit. Also, if you bring another star, like, say, you know, Bradley Beal is mentioned a lot, that's kind of redundant to Jason Tatum. Or if you bring in a Dame, that's kind of redundant to a little bit like Jason. So it's going to take a little bit of star off Jason Tatum. Is that really what you want? So I think we need to look for the perfect complemental piece, role player, not the perfect, not another star. Because yeah. like as you said in the podcast, you only really need two. Um, that's why I'm not sure. Do we give rid of Marcus Smart? Because it seems like Marcus Smart is perfect. Like he's he's perfect for what the what Celtics basketball is about. Um, I'm not sure if any other teams going to value Marcus Smart more than the Celtics. But yeah. do his teammates? That's a great question. If they probably got sick of him and lock him back, that's why maybe you bring another vet. And I know Al Horford does. Now, do you consider Al Horford a key part of this piece now? I, I think with everything we're talking about, it points back to my Kyle Lowry idea. Like that, <laughs> he he just fits all those boxes. He really does. He's that veteran. He's that loud voice that Jimmy talked about. You know. Tatum's not going to be as vocal. Maybe Brown's not going to be the highest level of vocalness that you need. Uh, but he also does things at a higher level than Smart to where, you know, they're not hearing Smart, you know, talk out the side of his mouth while he's doing things wrong too. If you go back to that locker room feud, it seemed like the issue was that Smart was saying things but not doing things. And, you know, they seem to be putting more blame on him you know, because of the things that he was doing on the court, just in terms of shooting and actually getting it done out there. Lowry can go out there and get it done. And, you know, as we compare the Suns and this and that, I know he's not Chris Paul, but can he play that Chris Paul role on the team and, you know, connect Tatum and Brown and get them the shots that they need and keep everybody involved on a night-to-night basis? It really does feel like a great point guard is what this team needs more than anything. And one that's won, one that can play some defense still, uh, you know, get the ball around, but also get his own. Like I, the last three seasons watching Lowry and those Raptors teams, it feels like he gives them what they need every Here we go. single night. Here we go. Yeah, every, everybody drinks. <laughs> I, I just remember watching him. I don't think he'd be that expensive either, but you're right, John. He does have to come. Yeah, you're right about it's, that. It's his choice. That's why there's no reason to get a trade package together for him. He'd be great, but you have to pay for him. You got to find a way to make it fit, and he'd have to want to come here. And then obviously you'd have to work out the sign and trade. Uh, yeah. So what would you have to send back there? Um, I like him um, a lot. You know, you know, Brogdon works in that sense. In too. a non-salary you know, a cap version. universe, if you could just go get Kyle Lowry, oh my god, of course. Here's the thing, though. How do we know? Like, would he take a pay cut to come to Boston rather like Why a place like he? the Lakers? Exactly. That would be hell to the no. Exactly. So, like, he no. would rather go to, like, a Lakers or, you know, a Heat, Knicks. Miami Heat 
So I don't no, really I mean, I'm not, I'm not shooing him in on a, on a pay cut. I think it's reasonable to say he'd probably make 25 But we're the Celtics. Now, I don't what know do you many... mean? Doesn't everybody want to play here? No, I think you'd. I think it's worth even maybe paying a little bit more to get him in here if that's what it takes. Um, you know, you do have to kind of deal with that hard cap at that point, but the Kemba trade saved you in that sense a little bit. You know, now all of a sudden you're – Nine million less, you're you're able to take nine million or more on than you were before. Like I just think it's a real now. But you know, Jimmy talks about Brogdon. I think Brogdon brings some percent of all those things I've mentioned. Um, but he is probably just a rung below in terms of the experience, in terms of uh, you know, the voice in the room, those kind of things. Like I do love what Brogdon brings on the floor. Uh, he obviously would be a little less expensive than what we're talking about here with Lowry, but uh. All of a sudden, you're talking about a significant package you'd be giving up for him, which is fine. But is he that third piece into the future? You know, you do have a little bit of versatility there because I think he is only signed one or two more years. But I don't know because I do think this third piece that you bring in at this point, you need to be at least somewhat certain that the highest ceiling possible of this big three per se is championship. Yeah, like, you're not just kind of rounding out your third piece just to get a good guy in there. No, Kyle Lowry is not taking a pay cut to come here. The Kyle Lowry is a pipe dream, so I, I think we got to... I think $25 million yeah. is probably fair. Also, you're giving a... He's also kind of getting up there, too. Like, do you, do you really want to commit all that money to a guy that, I mean, who knows what he's going to show up to camp looking like? I'm not saying he's not going to work out of the summer, but, like, at some point, these guys, you know, do... I know, but that's why and... he's kind of... Yeah, you're right. I mean, but that's kind of why he's a little bit of attainable. Yeah, no. well, he's a free agent, no. so... He's, you're going to have to significantly overpay to get him from the hands of Toronto. I, I just I, I don't see him going anywhere unless it's to a team that is a point guard away from contending at the highest of levels for a championship, and they're going to have to pay, and they're going to be willing, and they're, they're going to be wanting to do that. And I just don't think the Celtics are going to be able to put together the kind of financial package that would convince him to want to come to Boston. And whether he was going to be that missing piece that puts them over the top and puts them on the short list of title contenders. I don't think he'll do that. I would have just traded for John Wall yeah, if, that, let, if that's let's, what they were going to do. I know, but Bobby had to do his Kyle Lowry thing. The Kyle Lowry's not coming to Boston. We Look have at to Lowry's pick... numbers last year. You cannot Ugh. compare him to John Wall. I'm we saying have... if I'm the Celtics, I would have just done that instead of committing all that extra money and whatever other assets you're going to have to do in a side and trade if that's what it comes down to. All right. He's not He's not coming here. How right. about I know. Rondo? Right. So let's, let's do something different. Rondo, again, we've talked about that. I don't think he's coming here either. I don't um, either. I don't think he wants to come back here. I... What, what stinks is like, you know, and we do this all the time. We play this game where we just look around the league and we're like, I like that guy. Can I have him? And the answer is <laughs> no. Like, they don't want, they don't, it's one, it's hard to get them. Two, they're too expensive. Three, they don't want to come. I know, here. but they have to actually start paying for guys at this point. It's not, it's not Ainge steal every guy then, you know, hit the grand slam. But that's deal the here. problem is that's what everyone's used to is, oh, we'll just, you know, we give away draft picks, which are really nothing uh, for players. You know, like, you just don't have capital right now. It's really hard to make moves if you're the Celtics. I think you, I think they have more than people think. I think before they were looking at Where are they hiding it? Where saying. is it? Where, where, it where? I, think, I think before they were looking at their own assets, and maybe you could have said it in that 
Gordon situation there, I actually agreed with them on the Gordon situation that Smart was probably too much to give up for a guy like that. Uh, But, you know, they looked at Smart for years and said, this guy's really valuable. We're not going to actively shop him to yeah, try to improve. Bobby, if you know where they're hiding all of these tradable assets, let let you call Brad and tell him um, because I think he would want to know. Listen, this is the summer to offload those picks in my mind. Which picks? They've already offloaded one just to get rid of a guy. I know, and now you can do some more to improve. Okay. Uh, the, this guy uh, hates picks, don't forget. He hates draft picks. He hates like... them all. But the Celtics have to nail 45. Yeah, they got to <laughs> – this is an actual. <laughs> this is an actual conversation we had. Um, it makes sense if you think about it. Yeah, of course it does. Casey, <laughs> Casey somebody stop him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, Casey, what do you got? Hey guys, great to be on the show. Hey, thanks, man. Um, step back from your mic, like oh. your foot. Yeah. All right. Hold is on. This better? Yes. I, my ears are bleeding. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All Fire right. away. What's up, man? All right. Well, yeah. Like like I said, it's great to be here. Um. I, I like this point guard conversation, but I kind of want to push back in terms of kind of going for the big name guy. Because we know one thing so far about the organization is that they're not going to want to spend a lot of money. And I think if the end goal is to try to get another superstar, superstar in here, you don't want to have to uh, kind of get that uh, lane clogged up with another big contract. And as far as like the Lowry stuff goes, um, they just saw what happens when you have an aging point guard here in Kemba and you don't know what's going to happen. And that contract could look bad and bad in just one season. Um, so the, what I was thinking is I like the Marcus smart. And I think, I honestly think the way they're talking about him, he's going to be a lifetime Celtic. And, uh, I think that's honestly a great, a good solution at point guard to have a role player. Cause they haven't really tried that yet. They've had since Isaiah Thomas, they've had a star point guard, but not someone that's going to be able to facilitate to uh, the other guys like Tatum and Brown. Um, but one guy I, I saw the other day that I kind of like the idea of is you take smart at your, at your starting point guard and you throw in a guy like Alfred Payton. And I know the name's not going to sound good, but uh, someone like that, who's maybe off a down season, you can get for cheap and free agency that not a lot of other teams are going to be looking at. Um, and then you throw him in, and then you also have Pritchard rotating. You also don't you don't necessarily want to get in the way of Pritchard's development as that next second guy because you don't you never you don't necessarily know what the ceiling is going to be with him. Um, so I kind of like the idea of just getting uh, maybe like a step above a Jeff Teague type player in there. And I know Jeff Teague didn't work out, but we all like the name at the beginning of the season. So I think I think that's your solution at point guard. You save your money there. You keep Fournier. So even if you don't like Smart necessarily as your best ball handler, you have Tatum and Tatum as your point forward and Fournier who can both handle the ball. And then you have like a high upside guy behind him, both in Pritchard and in another maybe older player that you can sign. And I think really that's where most of the moves on this roster are going to be coming is just in those high upside guys that make a little money. Yeah, that you can sign at the mid-level exception or with like some of your small traded player exceptions. Nobody. Um, I, I like to think small. I, I honestly think the solution to a lot of things is creative thinking, thinking small, you know, getting the right guys and, and, and 
kind of cross some of these big names off the list because I think they're unrealistic. I think they're shiny objects and everybody grabs at them and they're really easy to talk about. But like they're not getting Brogdon. They're not going to get, you know, Lillard. They're not going to get, um, you know, uh, who were we just talking about? They're not getting Lowry. We got to stop. You know, like the guy, the, the, the point guard who they're going to bring in here, if they are going to bring somebody else in there to compliment Smart and Pritchard, is a guy we haven't talked about yet. I don't know who that is. Um, but probably, I, um, probably Patty Mills. It's some that's been thrown around. We, I mean, we threw that around in our Jimmy's, Jimmy's been talking about that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think your best case at point guard this year is like a Spencer Dinwiddie. I, but that's a, that's a dream scenario. That's a guy who's going to be, he's probably one of the top free agents available. Who's going to, who could be knocking at the 18, $20 million a year range. That's, I don't think that's, so I you think, know what? I'm I think that's, I think that's I'm, beyond the we, realm of normal, you know, I'm going to completely nix that one. I know we tossed his name around last week, but the thing you got to consider there too is that um, the Nets have to make that work too. You know, you think of the Celtics getting hard cap, but the other team gets hard cap too if you're doing a sign and trade. And Brooklyn can't hard cap themselves just because their roster's already over the hard cap. So yeah. like, that's just not even an option for them. Right. They're out. Uh, Jason, what's going on? Jason. Somebody in the comments says TJ McConnell or Patty uh, Jonathan Gutierrez, who's actually McConnell's a sh- high level. One. He's on the show a lot, so is one of up. our is one of our regs. Jonathan, yeah, I know. thank you. I, I like that. TJ McConnell is a guy I mentioned on the show. Jimmy a loves weeks him. Ago, he's sparky. People were trashing me on it, obviously. But listen, these are the types of players that you'll be lucky to get because you don't have a lot of play, lot to play with. And he's a guy that talk about pass first distri- distributor assist guy. That's TJ McConnell. You want to get. You want to put a guy out there who's going to get the ball to, to the Jays or to, you know, Time Lord? He's the type of guy you want. Patty Mills is an interesting name because, uh, you know, Udoka coached him in, in San Antonio. So if they had a good connection there, then maybe that's the type of player who might, you know, say, hey, I'm interested in, in playing for Boston. And he's he's a player that's hurt the Celtics in the past. He can score quickly and get around the court. I do uh, like him. I like I McConnell like him too. a lot too. Yeah, I like McConnell a lot too. And, again, we're not talking about, you know, oh, T.J. McConnell. Is he the, you know, the third player for the big three? No. But he's a serviceable point guard who f- might fit what you're trying to do. Yeah, that was kind of one of my offseason priorities was getting rid of as much of the bench last year and replacing it with viable, reliable veterans. You know, yeah. like just, you know, if you want to try out some Jabari Parker style guys, see if you can get a second win from some guys that haven't worked out in other places, that works for me too. Uh, but as many of these young guys on the bench that you can replace with reliable veterans as possible, I would go with. And that was, you know, we go back and forth on this a lot, John, in terms of like what young guys on this roster are really worth investing in and trying to see what they can grow uh, from. Like I think we all generally agree at this point that Grant's probably not cut out for that. So if you if what? you want to move on from Grant at this point and replace him with a guy like McConnell or Mills, like that'd be great. Um, you know, so Romeo Bobby, kind of on Bobby, the edge about, like Bobby. Now you're you're now willing to move on from from Grant. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, no, I this day in history. To get a shot during the year last what? year, but it obviously didn't work out. So now what? at this point, move on. So, wow. So what changed between the last game of the season where uh, he played and now when you were still defending him? What changed? No, I just wanted him to get some opportunity in that series because it was a good fit for him. But 
you know, I think overall you look at his year, there's just not enough matchups like that where you can – like he's not good enough to be a specialist is what I said. Um, you know, like he can't just be have like three teams that he can viably play against. And now there's even more centers in front of him. So Yeah. Okay. Romeo, well, I'm on the edge about – like I get why you still want to see what's there because they haven't seen too much, but – I don't know. I never felt great about him from day one. So, yeah, you know, look, Doka today yeah. talking about all those guys. Like, even Pritchard and Neesmith, like, I love them. They're, they're quality role players. But none of these guys are sprouting into, like, your third piece. Again, I, 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 I do just want to point out, like, Jalen Brown, in, um, not comparing these guys because everyone loses their friggin' minds with these comparisons. Jalen Brown, after year one, looked lost on the basketball court. Outside of his athleticism – didn't have a good shot. He had a terrible handle, and his, and his basketball IQ was zero, okay? And he looked like a guy who's like, what's this guy going to be at best? Maybe a guy who can fill, it in, fill, you know, fill the lane in transition, but, like, what's this guy going to develop into? Did you ever see Jalen Brown knocking down 40-plus percent from three or having an insane mid-range game pulling up off the dribble? Did you ever see that in year one? We have not seen anything out of Romeo, not even close to a full season of – a proper training. I know, but camp. I don't see flashes either. Did I we see flashes from Brown? Well, you saw his athleticism, but he was a sloppy mess of a basketball player. Like I don't think you saw th- this much. You didn't see his game being as refined as it is now with the with the things that he's able to do. I didn't think at his best he'd ever be able to do that. I thought he might just be this guy's just going to get by on athleticism and be able to you know take it to the rack, maybe be a lockdown guy, but. I don't know how much of that people saw in year one. I think a lot of people were like, uh-oh, you know, like this was a reach by Danny. So, again, Romeo's not anywhere near the athlete, but it's just you haven't even had a full year under the belt, and you've ne- you just he hasn't even fully auditioned yet. I want to see the audition. I think he has a full camp. He plays, you know, this offseason, whatever it is. He comes in in shape, and, and he sucks. Then you, that's it. You know, you're done. You, but you got to see it. You just got to see it once. You got to see it, but we can't play this game every year. We he goes MIA. This is it. All of this a sudden, like he, <laughs> they, haven't, got, they haven't, they haven't. I'm found just saying, if you months. can find, he's got one. If you shot, can find got, some relax. This is it. Like, Smith has go. two. Romeo's got one. Romeo's got one shot. He comes back and he plays, and if he's the same friggin' sloppy mess, or he looks lazy, or mm-hmm. he's getting hurt left and right, it's. We're, we're, I'll be the first one to jump off the ship. If, here's the if, thing, John, and this this goes back to that 45th point that you, you asked about there. I mean, there are great young players every single year that you could change course and invest in and, you know, give those guys opportunity. There's veterans out there that might be better fits in the role that Romeo is going to be relied upon this year than he is. Like, I just I, – I don't see the potential with Romeo. Like, this is just me. Like, through two years here, and I know it's only been spurts that we've seen him in, but I don't – I don't see that high-level upside. I mean, at his best last year, would we compare him to Avery Bradley? Like, if he became Avery Bradley, that'd be great. But that's not something that's going to move the needle. Like, you know, if there's other guys out there that can fill a good role as a role player or, you know, quality young players like Jay Sean Tate, Houston found him in the undrafted free agency market there. If guys like that can play a role in the team next year... Like, I'm fine with moving on from some of these guys, and Romeo's included in that group. If Romeo is your best defensive wing, 
and gets up to 36%, 37% from three and is able to score at the rim from time to time, you're saying he's not doesn't have value? Like, he doesn't need to be a starter. He needs to be a guy who can play valuable minutes. Like, you're not asking again. I no, think, I think it'd be great if he could. I think people point, are looking right? at people are looking at first round draft pick and they're just like every first round draft pick should be great. Again, people drafted in the 14, 15, 16 range tend to be rotation players. That's that's what the ceiling would be great. It'd be great if he was a starter or an all-star, you know? Um, but realistically, you're drafting in that place. You're getting rotation players. Um, if if he can do that, he already at times looked like their best perimeter defender. Uh, when he was out there in terms of sticking guys. Uh, and that was being horribly out of shape post-COVID with no training camp. So I, I, I absolutely think we're, we're underselling. You know, again, how long does it take for some people to develop a refined offensive NBA game? A while. Again, it's a, it just we haven't given him a, enough a chance to see what he has offensively. This is a guy who was a top scorer and a blue-chip re- recruit coming out of high school who right now can play NBA-caliber defense. I think the idea that he can't help you, I, I don't understand where yeah, that's he, coming he, from. He's, he's right on the line for me where if he went in one direction or the other, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so if he's back next year, I'm not going to go crazy. But I, I do think if if you have a sense at this point that – uh, we've seen some things from him, and it's really just not there. If they want to go in another direction, I'm fine with that. There are lower-level rookies, obviously, or not rookies anymore, but young guys on this roster like Edwards, Grant, uh, Semi, of course, at this and point. like Those are guys you really next, need to move on ne- from. Next year will tell us – look, I, the, I think the one thing we agree on is trading them now is foolish because they're worth nothing, okay? Nothing. Um, so you're going, to, you're going to enter the season with them you're going to learn a lot about these guys this year. Um, and that's a good thing because you'll know whether you have but something going forward. I did forward, find that interesting to... from Udoka, and that's why I asked Sherrod this question about, like, young guy playing time because yeah. he really did indicate today that those four guys, he named Pritchard, Neesmith, Rob, and um, uh, Langford. You know, I think he said Grant later as well, but he didn't initially loop them in with them. Uh you know, those are guys who he said had potential that needs to be panned out into results at this point. Like, it was kind of another level of what he was saying about Jalen and Jason. You know, like, they, we need to make these guys productive contributors at this point, which I think is good to hear if he looks at them and says, all right, these guys are guys worth investing in. Um, let's welcome in. What's going on, guys? What's, what's up, guys? All right, so, John, I agree with you on two things that have been discussed. First, the Suns thing. I think people are attacking you a little too hard. I don't think the Suns are that much better than the Celtics if we were healthy. I think the thing about the Suns is that they have veterans and, and old guys who play their role their role well. And off the bench, we have, like, Grant and Romeo who are trying to prove themselves. But out of a, there's a lot of unrealistic options that people are throwing around um, at the point guard position i think there's two guys that are more realistic and and maybe still a little unrealistic but they fit the timeline i think they play the 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 right way to play with the jays and the two guys i'm thinking of are uh malcolm brogdon and dejounte murray so do you do you guys think those two are attainable and realistic and would be the right i think they both either one of those guys would be a great fit but i don't think they're attainable because i don't think the celtics have any collateral that those respective teams would want in return to give up those guys. 
I mean, I, I think like like Dejounte Murray is one of the I think really underrated elite defenders in the NBA. Uh, and I think the rest of his game is rounding into shape. The big thing for him is just staying healthy enough to play enough to showcase what he can do. And Malcolm Brogdon, that's a guy I've liked, you know, ever since he's come into the league for not only is his talent, but his toughness, his leadership. He's a lot of the things that you would want to have. But I, I just don't see the Celtics being able to put something together that will be enticing enough for those teams to part ways with either of those guys. Um, and I don't think there are a lot of teams, to be frank with you, that can put together a compelling enough package that makes sense other, unless they just go way over the top. You know, eight draft picks for this guy type nonsense um, to get them. I, I just they're, – they're good players, but I don't see either one of those guys being moved anywhere. Eight draft picks, otherwise known as the, the Bobby, Bobby, the Bobby yeah. Manny special. Well, <laughs> now it's only six. I used We're, to say seven, but now is seven was the Bobby. The now he's gone down to six. Yeah. Well, no. Mar- Mar- Murray's names come up in the chat, and, and maybe that's where the question came from. Um, I don't see how the Celtics, even if Murray was available, I don't see how the Celtics could even put a package together to get him. You're talking about a young star point guard, um, and you're. Obviously, not trading Tatum and Brown. No, so he's you're, probably untouchable. Yeah, if, if you're the Spurs, I mean, you, you, there's nobody that you would even sniff. Oh, you're on the talking Celtics. about the Spurs, Murray. Um, there's there's a path there, probably. Well, but if you're the Spurs, like, why? Who? You know, like, I, I just don't see that. And but Brogdon's a guy that I've. I wish the Celtics had. It's obviously easy to say now, but at the time, he was a player. When the whole Kyrie thing hit the fan and the Celtics signed Kemba Walker, the Pacers signed Brogdon. Um, and that would have been a player that I've had, had they gone after Brogdon instead of Kemba. And maybe they couldn't have because it, it did have to do with the sign and trade with Rozier going to Charlotte. So who knows if it could have even worked. And maybe Bobby knows, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But that's a they player that, space. yeah, that's a player that if, if they had gone after him, you know, maybe that's, that's, that's that type of a fit that you're talking about. Now, where the Pacers going, they just, you know, fired their coach and they're kind of, their organization's a little bit sort of up in the air right now. They obviously have a new coach um, in, in Carlisle and who knows who he's going to want to be on his on his team. But if Brogdon becomes available, I think he's a little bit more attainable than Murray because he makes a little bit more money. It's, you know, I, you know he's a little bit older. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks of him as like this, you know, future superstar, but certainly he's a star player um, and somebody that I think would be a great fit. I just don't know if the Celtics can make it happen. But certainly if I'm Brad, and I know, that's my other thing, I know Brad's a Brogdon guy because I remember specifically him speaking pretty highly of Brogdon, um, Brogdon's rookie year, basically saying that, like, this guy, you know, he's not a rookie, even though he's in his first year in the NBA. Like, he, he's polished and he's ready to contribute. And sure enough, that's who Brogdon's been, you know, ever since. Do you think he's a ceiling raiser? Do I think Brogdon is? Yeah. Yeah, I think Brogdon can, can totally unlock – Tatum and Brown, and I know that Brogdon and Brown are, are, are somewhat close. I remember them spending some time together um, during the COVID uh, break, um, so I know that there's a relationship there, if that matters at all, so um, I wouldn't close the door on that option. I, I like that. I like that idea, but I just don't know if they can make it happen. Maybe that's something that, that requires smart, you know, maybe that's smart going out with somebody else and a, a pick or whatever it has to take, but um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. You know what's tough too? I just thought of this uh, as we, we kicked around Jalen Brown a little bit earlier. It, is this wrist thing going to affect his ability to come back? 
that next level higher next season because that is something you would be counting on too going into next year is him maybe being able to create a little bit more off the dribble, you know, make some things happen for teammates, you know, become more of a guy who can rely on to make stuff happen with the ball in his hands. And he's limited to some degree this off season. That's tough because that, again, limits a avenue to improvement there. I, I think as we kick around all these different ideas, in my mind, Brown is next to untouchable because I, I think there's a ceiling he can reach that is just so high and above what anyone can imagine at this point. We already saw a peak of it at the beginning of last season, um, so it's not even that hard to imagine him reaching the highest level of the NBA because we've seen it already. But they need to have the right team in place that can emphasize him and have the ball in his hands enough. And, you know, to your point, Jimmy, a great point guard is something that's going to facilitate that, you know, even more than three stars with a Beal coming in would. That would actually just end up having the ball in Brown's hands less. Right. Um, so that still continues to be a priority to me. That was the biggest reason I eventually got on board with moving on from Brad because Brad, I didn't think Brad had the ability to do it. Um, hopefully Ime and whoever else they bring in next will do that. And I think a point guard is going to be very important to doing that because ultimately someone said this in the chat earlier when we were live. When, when we were talking about, like, Smart's that next point guard, realistically, Tatum's the point guard, actually, at this point, and I still don't no, know No, 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 no. That's where they are right now. But no. Wait, yeah, what do like, you say? <laughs> I just don't want to see it. I just see what? Want, I don't want Tatum being the primary ball handler. Oh, no. I see the, I, see the I, I don't want it. It sucks. It sucks. Look, all it does is... I know. Is you it, might be right. It you sucks. You not have it in him. It's not. It, look, it's two things. He's not horrible. It's just he's not. He's not that guy. He's not the guy who's like get the ball in his hands on every possession to find people. It just isn't him. Nope. And also, when you're handing it to him in the backcourt, it's going to ensure you're basically threatening an eight-second violation every single time, and you're going to get deep oh, man, into the shot clock before the ball before the ball even touches somebody else's hands. That's, so get on board the Lowry train, John. It's, Come on. It's no. You need. You you want pace. And Tatum does not play with pace. He's the enemy of pace. So you just can't – he can't be the guy. Should he get a touch every single time you get the ball in the half-court set? Yeah, it's crazy that they'll have offensive possessions where Tatum and Brown don't touch the ball or series of them, particularly in critical moments. But those guys also just have to not always just take it and shoot. Like sometimes give it back and see what happens, you know. Right. Well, that's going to be where Ime's coaching gets important because Brad's approach was if Tatum wants to do that and that's what's best for him, roll with it. Like, make him the point guard. Ime's got to be the kind of guy that says, all right, this might not be the best version of ourselves. Like, we got to shift it to smart a little bit more and have him playmaking because we can rely on him to push the pace, get the ball to the right spots. And honestly, like, I agree with you, John, that – Tatum doesn't have to be on the ball every single time to succeed. If you get it to him in the right spot, he does need to touch the ball. But, you know, he's a great cutter. Everything he's a great is about shooter. Everything is about making quicker decisions on offense, okay? They're too deliberate. Everything is everything is too deliberate with Tatum. That's the thing. He breaks a guy down, it's his style. He goes slow. You got to take the good with the bad. There's going to be possessions where that happens. It makes sense to give it to Tatum with 7 seconds left on the clock and say, "All right, go." You know, eight seconds because we're not going to get a better shot here working the ball around. So fine. But it's just that's just who he is. That's his game. It has to be there. But when he gets it early in the clock, he has to look. Can I attack right now 
or can I move? Can I shoot? Or can I move it? That's another one of those like. And he doesn't do it enough. That's right. another one of those like huge decisions. They but he's not the point guard. He's, right not, he's not the guy who's first. No, he's not yet. But but I don't think he'll ever be in getting him there. Yeah. So someone that's, someone that's in like, the chat put it very aptly. He's he's closer to Durant than he is LeBron. You're not asking. You yes, can he make some plays? Certainly. Is he? Can he? Can he? Can he learn to pass out of the double quicker? Yes, but you know he's he's much more Durant than he is LeBron. He's a scorer. I guess we'll take that. Which is great comparison. <laughs> well, I mean, it's great. It's just you got to stop. Uh, saying, we got to stop saying Tatum's our de facto point guard and saying that that's no. acceptable. It's and not. that's that's one of the reasons why I yeah. want a true point guard on this team. That we don't have to have this conversation anymore. I know the flip side with Smart is that. You can really rely on his decision making and passing, but if he starts going downhill toward the rim and has to attack to create those opportunities, you're gonna have great confidence in him finishing. He's like a thirty-seven percent finisher. And we we got our first Yam Madar uh, commenter. Let's bring in the pastor. There it is. Pastor, that, that's becoming more and more. Yep. Pastor, he's the solution. Oh, uh, definitely not. You got you got you got a certain. I I got a word. <laughs> I got a okay. word. Uh, so so. Uh, first of all, this is supposed to be a conversation about Ime Adoka. <laughs> um, and, and you know you know what it it's says? impossible. It, says, it always goes to who are they going to trade to? Here, <laughs> yeah. And, but every you know fight with but Dudley. This was the last hey, twenty five games. Last segment. Dudley, it was the last 25 games of the year. We'd be like, what'd you think of the game tonight? Who are right, they going to trade right, for? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. No, but I, I was, I was going to say, it, it speaks a lot to, I don't want to say how, how much of a slam dunk um, the coach is, because we don't know yet. Time will tell. But I, I do feel like it's such a, a safe move, because the reality is, what would have been an amazing, oh, if you hired the coach? It would have been the greatest thing in the world. I mean, the only, only stable coaches that would have came to Boston that everybody would say, Unequivocally, it was, that's it. It was it'd be Greg Popovich, or if you got um, what's this guy from Spolstra from Miami. Every other coach in the league is kind of like, eh, it is what it is. So Jimmy you know, really likes Nick Nurse. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm throwing so up thinking about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what um, Adobe is going to do, building relationships, yada yada yada. This is my. This is what I'm starting to get frustrated with, and I don't want to call Lillard by name, but let's just say any any free agent, any big name player that you trade for. This is my problem now with Celtics Nation. What what the hell do you want? Like, what do you want? Pick something, okay. right? <laughs> like, pick something. Because here's my problem. Like, we've gotten too smart for our own good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, like, like Celtics fans. We know ball. We we know basketball, and so because of this, it's like everybody's like crapping all over Danny back in the day. Because you know when Danny doesn't make a big move, but when everybody gets placed in the seat where you have to make a, a Danny decision, everyone's on the. Oh, I don't know if I want to do it. If you have an opportunity, see, this is my problem. My problem is is that everyone's looking for the dynasty. You you want the run of championships. Golden State messed us up. You can't get the run of championships without getting the first one. You gotta fight for the first one by any means necessary. Like we, we're like we're we're at a point where we're so intelligent. We're like we're we're feeling ourselves so much that if you would have transported Celtics Nation back to 2007 
Everyone would be arguing, man, but we do, do we really want to trade Al Jefferson, though? I mean, but really, though? I mean, but really? And it's like, you got to give up things to get things. I love Jalen Brown. And in the perfect world, if we got to keep him and we don't get to trade him, there's nobody else to trade for, shoot, great, wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to what he's going to develop. But if you mean to tell me we can't get – if there's an opportunity for get somebody big, you're not going to trade Jalen you're damn right you change Jalen Brown. You change Jalen Brown, and, and, and you, you don't even think about it. I mean, and I'm not saying Lillard. I'm not, if you want to put Lillard in, but be, be my guest. But my thing is you've you got to be able to spend. In this league, you got to spend money to make money. You, you, you have to do it. Or else, especially because of the situation we're in, we're stuck. Look, look at it. How long has this recording been going on? An hour and 10 minutes, 18 seconds, 19 seconds, 20 seconds. All of us has been talking about situations of what we're going to do to improve this roster, and we can continue to keep talking about this till kingdom come. You know why? Because we're stuck. Because the reality is, is that there's nothing else that's going to move the needle. Either you go big, or you're not going to do anything that's going to drastically improve the team. You're just going to hope and pray Jalen and Jason continue to develop, and the coach gets something good. But if you want the team to drastically change, you're going to have to drastically change the roster. It, it, it is what it is. And so for anyone who thinks that you can just save face and try to, you know, muster your way through and try to win a championship, you know, you have to spend big. You have to spend big. You have to spend big, and you have to spend big now. And if it was me, if you had Dame, if Dame said he wants to come, come on, guys, chat room. If Damian Lillard said at Tokyo, I want to come to Boston, Y- y'all gonna say no? Whoever's saying no, <laughs> I, I, I think we're I think we're I think we're smelling ourselves too much. I love J- I love Jalen. I love Jalen. I love Jalen. But this this could be a situation where it is Golden State, and we do have two All Stars, and hopefully we make a great run. But in a world and in a league where everyone's teaming up, the reality is Golden State wouldn't have been this dynasty if they didn't grab another person when they needed to grab that person. <laughs> you can't keep wishing and hoping and lucking and, you know, oh, we're going to play the long game. You know, they're young. You know, let's see what's going to happen. you, you got to gamble. In this league, there's not any other league. This league, you got to gamble. you got to be the person that goes and shoots for it all. If you don't got the gojones, to go shoot for it all, go shoot yourself. Amen. And you know what? This kind of reminds me a little bit of a conversation that a lot of Celtics fans had beginning of this season, and the player wasn't Damian Lillard. It was James Harden. And there were a lot of fans who were against the idea of trading for Harden. And I think I would say a good portion of those fans would probably do it that said originally that they wouldn't after watching – um, you know, how dominant the Nets were when they were healthy and how, um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't, I guess I didn't watch enough Harden to realize that he was a damn good distributor and a really, you know, really good passer. And, you know, you see the highlights and you watch the, the games here and there and he's been, you know, he's shooting that the ball is a, good comparison. a ton, but now we're having similar conversation with Dean saying that, you know, it's risky. He's, you know, owed, you know, this much money, he's getting up there in age and, you know, you might you know, regret trading Jalen Brown. And it's like what Dudley's saying is, you know, you got to 
you know, you got to take that risk some at some at some point. You got to take that risk and go all in. You don't want to sit on your hands and then all of a sudden, three years from now, maybe the Celtics made another Eastern Conference Finals trip. But both these guys are up. For... I know, but Jimmy, how, how much would you pay? Because I know this would probably stop John a little bit here. Like, what if they asked for Brown, Rob, and like three first round? Yes, pass? I'm sorry. You thought yeah, you said. John. I mean, that's the kind of. That's the kind of that's stuff. A that, you know, it's that's not, a lot. It's not going to yeah. be a brown. It's not going to be a brown load swap. I think that would be much more palatable because obviously you're getting a better player right now coming in, and a guy you probably need a little bit more right now than Brown. But I mean, they're going to ask for a ton. I mean, this they're moving on from their best player ever, arguably. They're not just going to take right. The and I don't think I don't think they're going to trade him. I really don't think they're going to trade him either. I mean, I, I actually I kind of tweet, tweeted this earlier today. Like this is like classic media fabrication. There was not like, a lot in that up. article. Okay, so to recap, a handful of Twitter people start bashing Dame, blaming him for, like, the Portland Trailblazers coach hire. Like, let's stop right there because Damian, Damian Lillard did not hire Chauncey Billups, okay? They may have put him in on the conversations. He was a part of it, but it's unfair to pin anything that the organization decided on him. So right off the bat, that's I didn't like that. Second of all, then you have that Yahoo report that basically like tries to connect a couple of dots from some tweets. Like Lillard was like obviously disappointed that they were eliminated. He went back at a fan who criticized him for the pick, and now all of a sudden he might want yeah, out of jumps, Portland. Jumps to a lot of conclusions. It's, yeah. it's a there's nothing it, there. It, there's nothing in it. And Dame then, and Lillard then, was upset that they right. lost. No it, shit. It, yeah, upset with the loss and unhappy with the criticism, and that may want him. That may force him to like make a tough decision. It's like, and then you've got like the New York beat writers who are like, Dame, Dame to the Knicks. I mean, you know, like the Knicks are uh, keeping a close eye on the situation. Shit. So now everyone's should I, saying, should that, I like, delete he might my be... Celtics to the Knicks question mark headline on YouTube? Yeah, exactly. So like, Lillard, that's to these... the, Lillard to the Celtics. Lillard to the Celtics. Yeah. So that's how these crazy rumors start, and there's really nothing behind them. The the, the Trailblazers would be absolutely crazy to trade Lillard, and Lillard's I don't think they want nowhere. to. And I don't think he wants to leave. So we should just stop with all these crazy hypotheticals. It's not going to happen. The but Harden Dudley's thing was point, real, but because Harden obviously but wanted Dudley's to. Dudley's point is less that whether Lillard is real no, or not, and more like you're right. Celtics fans are if that they, opportunity they, presents himself, they, they want everything. <laughs> They want everything. They're willing to give up nothing. They just want someone to wave a magic wand and make the team magically better without really taking into account what it's going to take in terms of player cost, you know, or prospect cost or whatever the hell it is. Um, and so, again, I just think people are really struggling coming to grips with the fact that, like, there's not a lot they can do and unless you are kind of rolling the dice and saying, well, if I give up one of my stars for maybe a slightly better star, does that make us better? I don't know. And so nobody knows with any certainty, so nobody wants to pull the trigger. The one name out there that we've mentioned time and again from the trade deadline all the way on that has unanimous consent uh, among all Celtics fans, what is it? What? Grant, one Grant, name. Grant Williams, sir? Yeah, Grant Williams. No, <laughs> what, one name when we say go get that guy that everybody wants. Tell me. It's Lonzo. Oh, my Lord. Oh. <laughs> you're right. I mean, you you are that's, right. Though. That's the one where everyone's like, it, I don't, I don't. He's think attainable. It co- I don't think it would cost us that much. We'll, we can afford that salary. He's a perfect complimentary player to all of these guys. And, Timeline. And, 
and I would be happy with that. I think a lot of people would be happy. That's the one name that I've seen no pushback on, other than whether or not they can pull it off, which, again, all trades are hard. But that's I do one. have one. Yeah. The one reservation I have there is that his his salary versus what he will ultimately become, I think, there's a little bit of a you know gap there. I don't know if he's like a marquee third guy on a championship team. Yeah, he, he's a great contributor and great glue guy and all that, but is he going to have a Chris Paul style effect on this team? I don't know. See that? Does he have? Does he doesn't need to in year one? Championship. What doesn't need to in year one? They got to work because again, you're you know, walking. That's up. your that's your big three then for the next, but for the entirety of Brandon Tatum. Again, we we keep saying big three as if like it has to be equal parts. It's not. Your lineup becomes. Right. A, a, a pass for a, a pass first point guard who can knock down threes at a respectable clip, who can also defend multiple positions um, and has height and length. It, it added to and picks up your pace. Added to two incredibly dynamic scoring wings, a center who does things that no other center can do, and then other parts around them. It's the it's the bones of a good. T- it's the bones of a team that you're like. They've got pieces, man. They've got the right pieces. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Is like sometimes it's about fit and not the, mar- the not the name on the marquee. And that's why I think I'd rather go the. I think the more realistic route is to find ways to put the pieces around Tatum and Brown and not obsess over that third star uh, right. and and gut your roster and go get another guy that does exactly what those guys do, which is score with the ball in their hands. Yeah, I, don't know I, I that- mean your premise. Your premise is right, but in terms of actually executing that, like the way they have to do that now, they're very limited. In it's, terms hard, of being it's hard. Able to build it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Because he's gonna be he's gonna be very expensive for a long time, and that first year you're hard cap, so you you literally can't bring in anybody of any value after bringing them in. Yeah, I, th- I think the, I think the only choice. I mean, the only choice outside of a, a, a star, a legitimate star, says I want to come to Boston or whatever Tatum does out there. If he does any recruiting, or people, or he's being recruited, I think it's going to be probably the latter. Is do do what um do what Milwaukee did this year. I mean, I, we're we're not in the position that we are that they were in, but I mean, good gracious, man, they really, really solidified themselves. I mean, not just in, in the roles and allowing Middleton to be the closer and Giannis to be the one that just fills up the stats, but also, I mean, just just the pieces around them, I think, work. And I think for us, if we have two stars and you're legitimate and you're good with those two stars, then it's all about gutting the entire roster around it and doing whatever you can to fill it with quality pieces. Because that's the only thing you can That's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing. Now, with that being said, with it being said of waiting for it to see what Brad is going to do and we're more in more difficult situation than probably Milwaukee is based on all this hard cap stuff that Bobby keeps talking about. The the problem the, the problem is is that with all of this, I don't know if you win a champion. We still got this year is an aberration, folks. It's an aberration. You still got Brooklyn out there. You still got some some teams to get over the hurdle with, with unless unless Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum next year or in two years makes the leap of all leaps, <laughs> you, and, and that's my problem. My problem is 
We've already tasted Eastern Conference final success. They've gotten that early. So unless you win a championship within this video, within this window of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, within these five years, if, this, if we don't make it to the finals, let alone win a championship, I'm afraid they're gone. And so that's yeah. the reason why I'm a little more apt to roll the dice, do what you got to do. I'm more leaning toward that side than, all right, let's build. But can't you do that deadly? Can't you do that while keeping both Tatum and Brown? Like, you can trade all your picks. You can trade smart. You can do, like, whatever you need to find a third guy. Because, I, like, I just – even if you get lowered, and I know Lillard is better than Brown. And he brings things to the table, like guts and clutch and all that kind of stuff that, like, make him a step above Brown. But at the same time, you could find a guy like that, a point guard who rounds out your roster, that type of thing, without – because I just think Brown's that good. He's going to be that good for that long. So find the third guy. You know, maybe you have to wait till next summer and Beal wants to come to join the party and he just got out this year. I, I think it's just too much to give up on a potential like Brown because I've seen it. Those first 20 games of the year, he was the best player in the NBA. I mean, you got Sherrod saying here he's going to be a top 15 player. Like, I see it all in him. I think no, the sky's the limit for that Bobby, guy. I have, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with keeping the two and getting them. I, I, I'm, it's not Lillard. I'm not... I'm, again, let me let me make sure I'm, I'm clear. It's not Lillard I'm hunting for. It's if you whatever you need to do to get another star. If it's keeping R two and finding a way to trade everybody to get another star, then that's the key. my thing. Is let's not settle for complimentary pieces. Because like, every like John said, everybody's getting excited for Lonzo Ball, and I'm kind of like, Lonzo Ball though, guys, come on. Like, like, come on. Like, isn't there something else we can do? Isn't there something else? Not right now. And that's me. And, and so if, if there's nothing else you can do, that's my point. If there's nothing else you can do with Jalen and Jason on your roster to get your third star or to really allow this team to increase, the only thing you can do is trading one of them. I'm not – listen, I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I, I, it's not like I don't like Jalen Brown. But, but if you're telling me we can't get another powerhouse with Jalen and Jason on the roster, within, this, within the five years, we're going to lose them. If we don't make it to the finals and if we don't or, and, or don't win a championship, we're going to lose so them. Anyway. Here's the interesting thing. Like, how do you feel about this, Dudley? And I, like, I don't have a good sense of how this works, but we know it happens. These guys talk at the Olympics. They kind of get an idea of, like, what's in each other's head. And I'm sure they don't get certain answers. But don't you think Tatum can get some idea of what Beal's intentions are for the future? And if you even have a chance at signing him next summer, that's the path you choose, right? Because then you have Beal, Tatum, Brown. That's the most talent that you can assemble. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that's the way – no that problem. should actually make you feel a little better about the situation, unless like the Celtics and Tatum are just on completely different pages. Tatum should be able to give them some idea within the next month or two. But now we feel a possibility here. But now you're yeah. If it's if it's done, you're gonna know right now whether they have a wink wink deal, and you're gonna know quick with what they do in the off season. If 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 they go lean, they don't re-sign anybody, and this is one of those bridge years um, without them really announcing it. That means. They got him. Um, <laughs> it yeah, really does. Yeah. Um, 
So I think you'll know that. Uh, Which is fine. I mean, that'd be a tough they're gonna, They'll here, have to but... tip their hand a little bit. You'll get an idea what that means. If they start moving things out, they pay to get rid of Thompson there, you know, you know, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. All of this stuff is going to happen, and they go lean, 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 and they've got just enough money left. Um, you know what they're going to do. Uh, I want to, uh, uh, Chris is waiting. I want to get Chris in a couple more people. We're going to, we're going to wrap Chris. What's up? Hey, what's up guys? Long time. No chat. Yeah. No kidding. Rude. We missed you. <laughs> oh, you know how man. this ends, right? It ends with you. It ends with you. Dudley, what's up, man? you Dudley and Tess in the room. I'm, I'm kind of waiting. <laughs> exactly on Tess. what I'm waiting I'm for. Slow, I'm, I'm, I'm slow playing it, but anyway, go ahead. Man, you guys are, man, I don't even know where to start. Like, the uh, the whole trading Jalen Brown thing. I I know that you guys don't want to, but I just uh, um just the notion of even putting him on the table for for a star doesn't really make any sense when you see these teams build these three headed monsters all the time. So why do we have to give up one to get another when other teams can always add a third star? So why can't we be one of those teams and the thing is, I, I we're looking for well, I don't I don't want to say we are, but a lot of people are looking for quick fixes this summer to be instantly competitive next year. It's like there's no quick, there's no move, there's no quick fix for that to happen next year for us to win a championship next year. Like that's not even realistic. Like that we're not going to beat the Nets. We're probably not going to beat the Bucks. We're probably not going to beat the Sixers if they make any moves. Like we're un, unless the Jays take another. Another jump, like that's probably not going to happen. We're probably going to have close to the same team that we have this year. Some small changes and stuff like that, but we have to look at it this way with the the amount of um, young upside type players that we do have in Romeo, and especially with Romeo, just because he's this is probably his first off season going into it healthy so he'll be able to develop some skills and and just throwing him into the um the summer league allowing him to just hey just give him the ball allow him to be a point guard see what happens for the whole summer league just let him go crazy like let let Pritchard go crazy let Naismith go crazy and see what type of talent we can develop to in in a year in in two years to be able to gain some type of value in those guys to maybe move on for them and trade them for that third star if if maybe like to just trade Brown to try to get a guy right now that may, that probably isn't going to win us a championship doesn't really make any sense. Unless you're trading Brown for, for Luka, Giannis, Steph, the, like the, the elite of the elites, it doesn't make sense to trade Brown. It really doesn't. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, your, your first first part of your question is, like, why can't the Celtics get, like, a big three to, like, other teams do? Yeah. If, if you notice, when – those big threes come together. Two things I think stand out. One, you got fellas who are hooking up with their homies. They're they're forming big threes with their friends. What? Exactly. Number one. Number two. Number two. When they do this, they're perennial all stars in their mid to late twenties, or excuse me, in their late twenties, early thirties. They've been around the game. They have reputations. People actually know them, not because of necessarily their friends, but they just seen their game grow and they've seen them dominate. They don't have to necessarily be BFFs, but if you if you've seen a guy bust kids for four, five, six years in a row, you are absolutely want to play with them when you get the opportunity. 
Tatum and Brown haven't been in the game long enough to where they've got that kind of cachet. That's why nobody is, is you know, doing backflips and cartwheels and coming to Boston because the best players that the Celtics have are still on the come up. And that's, that's why you're not going to see guys trying to jump on the Celtics bandwagon for at least another two or three years for Jalen and Jason to continue to ascend. Now, in the meantime, and I thought you made a really good point, and, and to me, it's you got to go back to the Danny Ainge blueprint for this. You have your established stars, and then you develop the other guys around them mm-hmm. so you can collectively put them together and then go get that third piece. If yeah. you or the second and third piece. Celtics, when, when Danny made – when he got Kevin – and then he was able to get Ray. They only had one star at that point. It was Paul Pierce. But the Celtics are in a much more better position because they've got two. So they really only need to develop two or three guys yep. together and go get one player who will be that third star. So th- that's why I'm, I'm – We did it's, the hard part. We did the hard part. We have the, the two guys. Yes. I mean, the, the – the, Work has already been put in. Now it's just a matter of developing. What's up? I thought someone was about to say something. What I was saying, they, they, they don't have to go all in for, to get some other dude that's going to keep them in that four, five, six spot. Because if they mm-hmm. trade Jalen and they bring in Dame Lillard, is that really going to put them in the top two, top three in the East? No. I don't think so. Nope. And if if I can't make a deal that's going to dramatically improve where I'm at, why am I doing it? Exactly. When, you, when you look back at the deal that they made to get Kevin Garnett and, and Ray Allen, they went from what I call ashy to classy. They were dead. <laughs> they were dead last in the NBA, and then they went to the top of the mountaintop, ashy to classy, just like that. When you can make deals and make that be your reality, you do it. But if I'm making a deal to go from mile marker 1.6 and this deal can get me to 1.9, but I got to, but you know, I got to do it with an older vehicle. No, 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 not doing that. Yeah. I think this is what I was talking about. Like a few months ago with the, with the whole Danny age move and stuff like that. You see us get a guy like Ime Adoka and stuff like that. This is a rebrand for this, for this whole organization. Like he's younger. He has some, He's more connected with the with the younger stars and stuff. Beyonce like that. is Neil Long. Come on now. <laughs> exactly, right? Stop acting so. like y'all don't know. <laughs> Stop acting like y'all don't know. So with 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 the cachet he does have and stuff like that, he's putting his time and things like that. Like he I, said I cachet. Think... I like that. <laughs> call it call it cachet now. I like that. <laughs> I think I think this is a, a good sign for us to be more, I guess you could say, likable and and be able to get maybe lure lure some of these other guys, these potential stars down the road. Yep. I wish you could yep. Here he is. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> How's everybody doing this this fine evening? How's everybody doing? <laughs> What's up, world? Oh boy! Oh boy! Don't y'all feel oh, like you about to, what drop, up, Cass? about to drop some fire up in here? How y'all oh, doing? I mean, you know what? I started coming you, you in. He's rev- oh, he's revving man. up the engine. You can hear it. Like <laughs> oh, 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 he's breathing. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? What's world? up? Hey, I mean, okay. I, there's a 
of course, you know, there's a lot I have to say or want to say. Um, but I can't I, say I'm. I'm are like, you going to say it all at once? I just, I just I want. I, 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 I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to decide how comfortable I want to get right now. Up to like this. If you if if, you, if you're gonna allow me the space, I'm gonna do the cabbage patch. I'm gonna do the walk. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do the Reebok. I'm gonna do my dance. I'm gonna do what so, I do. If you so give I can me the recline. Space to do it. I can re- I can recline. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 No. No problem. So, a couple things. Um, let, let's talk about the Jalen thing. The, the tra- trading Jalen. That whole deal. Um, with this trade, there was a lot of talk about Sam Presti. Sam Presti's accumulation of draft picks. Um. um um, Presti, the um, analytical wizard, this, that, and the third. Okay, and I understand that, but I know what he would have liked more than these 18 first-round draft picks for the next next 17 years. The A redo on having three future Hall of Famers on one team. Talent in the bag under his control. Um, sometimes the thing that we're good at there's a flip side of that coin, and we're not so good at one thing. He seems to be good at acquiring talent, not so good as far as managing managing these individuals and really getting them to want to buy into what he has going on as far as the project. Now, who knows? Maybe that's changed. Maybe he's learned something. But I say that to say when everybody talks about Harden, they seem to forget that Harden wanted to stay in OKC, and that man said, no, we're going to give money to the other guy, right? This is somebody that didn't recognize who he had in his own backyard. I bring that up about Jalen Brown. Bobby, you said it perfectly the other day. Um, I saw it on YouTube. Um, hey, how come we're not talking about Jalen Brown? I saw Scal say on, when they, uh, on a podcast saying that the Kimba Walker trade, the good thing is, is that we'll finally be able to see this team turned over to Jalen and Jason. Something that should have happened two years ago. Just think about that. Two years ago. John, I've brought up so many times about time, wasting time, wasting time. So, so now we've, we're doing something now that we should have done before. You've heard me talk about the Hawks. The Hawks that had it not been for an, um, him twisting his ankle would probably be 2-2 right now, having a decent chance going to the finals with a team that was below us, that was terrible. Who, is anybody looking for Lloyd Pierce? I thought he was one of our own. I thought we were looking at him. That's a lie. How disrespectful is that? And that's no knock on the man, but come on, son. Come on, baby. Stop with the foolishness. We keep talking. <laughs> People keep talking about what we cannot do when there's certain things we have not done. Imagine a world, right? An alternate universe where during this past year, instead of writing the whole year with Brad, maybe we make that, that change for a coach during the year. The way, did Houston, I mean, the way did um Atlanta did. When I heard you talking about Atlanta and what what they did to, to make it this far in the playoffs, I didn't hear anybody bring up the head coach. He was the thing that changed. He was the change. So we've done that now. So now I, I myself, I want to see what this new coach can do. Um, just as a side note, um, I used to see um, Leah, um, um, Nia Long up in California, up in L.A. at the spot called the Caribbean Treehouse. She was cool. And also her sister, Samora, she used to go to this grocery store up in Maryland. So just, you know, six degrees separation. I'm just letting y'all know. So, <laughs> not, not enough Nia Long for this conversation. We don't have enough Nia Long, but that's another story. 
Hey, hey, I'm, <laughs> hey, my wife right here, and I'm she knows American. what time it is. She loves me deeply, so I can talk like this. So, again, as I said, I want to hear more about these two stars. I want to hear from the media. I want to hear, I want people to put, I wish Joe Sway was on, on the phone right now, because I was listening to that deal he had with um, with Max, um, basically, and he was going, talking about, he wanted to trade Jalen, trade Jalen. I need to know this. What 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 do people think Jalen is? What do people think he will be? I've said a couple things since I've been on this um, on 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 the show. I said I wanted Brad out. I also said that we could trade Kemba because I've seen Jawan Howard get traded. Say I I believe in the impossible. I guess and those things two things have happened. I said I wanted San Casella as a coach, but okay, I, I'm good with with the new coach as far as well, well. I'll say this: I'll know how good I am with him once I see how he treats. Um, uh, Marcus Smart. To me, that's the litmus test. That, that's that's, that's going to tell me everything. Is he able to do what Brad couldn't do, which is to bring him under control, get the best out of him, and also chastise him and reprimand him if need be for doing things he's not supposed to do. His outbursts, being allowed to have those outbursts just because of he's a, a hardworking pit bull. Nah, that's not going to work, brother. Nah. Mm-mm. If you want to be a leader, you got to be a leader all the time. Even at times when it's uncomfortable. You can't expect things from other people that you can't do, so I don't want to hear that. So if that man could do that, he's going to show me a lot. But okay, I, I, I'll ride with that. But what I want to hear people talk about is Jalen Brown. These are two, two people, two players that I believe can average 30 points a game. Will they average 30 points on this team? Probably not. But can they? I, I feel that without a shadow of a doubt, they can both do that. We have that type of talent. As I'm looking, I'm watching the Phoenix game right now, and I hear everybody talking about, the, um, um, what's his name? What's, 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 what's the light-skinned cast name? What's brother's name? Yeah, Devin Booker, my bad. Yeah, Devin Booker. And I, I, so you're telling me Jalen can't do Devin Booker-like things? Of course. Now, mind you, we've already said, it's already been, I think we're in agreement that they haven't invested in Jalen Brown putting him to the fore for the last two years. Two years. They, they, there was somebody who broke his leg, and they felt fit to bring him, um, Brad felt fit to put him before Jalen. Now he's going to have the spotlight on him. He, um, his boy um, for Utah, what's my man's name? Um, Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell, exactly. I expect the best out of Jalen if for only to show what he can do in competition with, with Mitchell. I expect him to look at what Trey Young's doing in Atlanta. He's a Georgia boy and say, yeah, that, that should be my shine. I expect the, the, the most out of him, especially because he's not on the Olympic team this year because of injury. I think, and I'm going to step on the limb because I, I really wanted to see what happened in these playoffs, that we could be one of the top teams in the East next year. I think it might have been as simple as changing the coach to see exactly what we have with each and every player. I, I, I think we're at that point. I think those three runs at the Eastern Conference Finals, failing, um, granted, going through trials and tribulations the last two years. But you got to think about it, these last three years are going to be basically rough. This is going to be a short, short off season stepping into this year. I really, I think we just might. Who's, let's go through the second best players of a bunch of these teams, Milwaukee. Okay, so it's Middleton. Okay, Middleton's got, got he's got that shooting right. He's got size, but he's got more time and experience. But is he better than Jalen? Best Jalen, best Tim. Is he better? No, I don't think so. Ben Simmons. Somebody have heard people talk about Ben Simmons. This, that, and the third, the best defensive. I've seen too many clips, too many times. Jalen giving him the business, crossing up many times before. Uh, that that might have been Jalen's best game this year when he. Hey, 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 hey! And I think it's in him, John. Yeah, with 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 Simmons on him, and he ran Come him. Come on, he ran Come him on, in John. circles. These flashes of Brown 
When you that see game, Brandon, that game, he put like, a forty oh, spot on. He put a but 40. it's not the first time, John. And, but Simmons, Simmons locks up Tatum much better. Jalen had him on friggin' roller skates all game long. He was all over the place that game. That was incredible. Now let's look at let's look at Atlanta. Who's their second best player? I, I say all this to say I'm not really scared of anybody in the East. People say, "What's up with Brooklyn?" Well, one thing I know about injuries, especially injuries to older players, is that I expect that- it to happen again. Real quick, Kess, that's one thing that these playoffs actually we, – we talked about this offline. One thing that these playoffs should make you feel better, not only because right. of the – not only because of the, hey, the schadenfreude, you watched Philly and, uh, and, and, and the Nets lose and you feel a little better because you hate them, but you watch these teams and you're like, are these guys much better? And that was the point I was making earlier too. No, like, I mean, let me – let me, You look let me all think around, are any – are, are they so much better that they are miles – in front of us that we can't possibly catch these guys? Definitely the answer not. is no. The right. answer is no. I mean, no, I mean, when I look at – you were just talking Phoenix, Kess. Yeah. Like, I think Tatum's probably a little better than Booker. Like, it's close at this point. It's probably closer than it's ever been because Booker has just been phenomenal this year. But um, He plays a then, more important know, position and he does more, but yes. And I want, I, want and, to see what, I want to see what he does with a new coach. I think, I think we cannot ignore that fact. I'm expecting a bump – after a new coach. Go, go, go ahead and talk, Bobby. And, and it's a tough comparison, the big man versus wing, but, you know, Brown's probably better than Aiden, right? So, like, you're looking at, like, the core two pieces there, and the Celtics, you know, I think well, they it's, got it's, two it's, it's Paul, actually, but that's fine. But you're right. No, the, I know. But the I mean, core going forward, because Paul's 100 years old. The, right. Right. He's going to be on a decline. Right. And you then, more importantly, to, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. You would have to find the Paul in that scenario because, you know, Phoenix was just And not quite the Paul. You need about 70% of that at the point to help unlock some some of what this team can do. This is why I keep saying is, like, get the right pieces. And, Kes, this is a big thing we were saying in the chat. This is where where I'm at. I don't want the third star. And I know Dudley – Dudley says – swap for – hit the home run. I don't want it. I want to build around these guys with the right pieces – Roll it back. See what you have in some of the younger players, and that's the best. That's that's the best way to to. That's the easiest path to success. Everything else is a pipe dream because you don't have the assets to trade. You don't have the money to sign people. You're just moving pieces around and hoping that it works a little bit better. And I, I just don't know what that gets you. So right, I, right, I'm with but, you. But, but stay but on even, your. Even before I get. Yeah, but even before talking about adding somebody, how about we watch and see what to do with this new coach? Like, like I'm saying that they haven't been maximized yet. I'm saying that Jalen, we haven't seen the best of Jalen yet before he's even hit his prime yeah, it took, yet. It took Brad 40 games to finally realize that Rob was there it goes. And so this is my, my, my next point, which is the team that I've been talking about and it literally got me pissed. And as I told you again, Bobby, if I said there's going to be a team that makes the finals and if they, when they make it, it's going to piss you off. I thought it was going to be Atlanta. Who knows? Maybe it might still be Atlanta. But who's their second best player? Like, what are we talking about there? Again, a, something as simple as a coaching change, a change of philosophy, moving things a different way can bring wonders to a team. So what I would like to hear more about are about these two players. Again, to me, this is not necessarily a Scottie Pippen, um, Michael Jordan situation as much as it is a, a so say, a Brooklyn situation with two, two good players or even an Oklahoma City um, situation with two good players. Players who are – because I don't think Tatum's light years beyond Brown. I think they're, they're good at what they're good at to whatever degrees. But 
I refuse to put a cap on, on Jalen Brown's potential. I, I just don't. He's proven everybody wrong. And to me, the admission is that he's been put on the side for two years, which is wasted time. Again, you, you can go back and check the tapes. John, we used to say, why is he sitting in the corner? How come Jalen Brown isn't getting the ball? How come? Right. Well, we know why. It's because of the coach. So, but that's, that's now. This is what we talked about here. And I, somebody else weigh in. Like, are we confident? Like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy who's trying to go negative on the hire. I love everything about what we've heard so far about Udoka. And if he really is a tough love sort of coach, that's good news too because you'll tell people, don't do that stupid shit. You know, and we don't know that whether Brad was or wasn't doing that. It's, I'm more concerned. Is, is he the guy who's going to be able to tell this guy, do this, don't do that, that's my way, trust me, without any cachet? Like, it's one thing to be like the, sh- the shoulder to cry on. He's my pal. He's the assistant coach. I can go to him and talk to him about stuff I can't talk to Pop about. Great. Different story. Or Brett Brown, who's 20 years old, you know, who's older. He's closer to my age. This is my guy. Does he have enough command presence to basically say, Jason, I don't want you doing that shit. Don't dribble the ball for 15 freaking seconds. Swing it. And is Jason going to listen? Does he have that? What happens the first time a star doesn't do what he says and kneecaps him in front of everybody else? How does he survive that? I don't know. So, again, I'm not trying to be negative about it. I'm just – that's the one thing I'm concerned with is, like, it's great to be a player's coach, rah, rah, everybody loves me, you know, but how's he going to be as the head guy when he's got to tell somebody? I didn't like that at all. You yeah, know, that's, I, that's not what we – But, but I John, think I think – Yeah, I think I'm going to say exactly what Chris said. I think their success is also rooted uh, in the, the culture's success as well. I think Jalen and Jason, because they – Sort of gave they're invested. They Twitter. have to. It has to work. They, they, you gotta be invested. It's in what he said. You got. Great. That's your guys. Not like Steven. So in a way, next year is going to be better. Absolutely. No. No. Okay. No doubt about it. it, it it's just you have to have a, a new attitude. There's yeah, I think spirit, there's going to be a new feeling. Real next quick, Bobby. Chris, what? Chris, what that. were you going to say? I was just going to say real quick. Uh, it just remains to be seen um, with, if he's going if if all that stuff is going to change. Right. I mean. The thing that we can't count on is that um, he is from the Spurs um, type of, you know, coaching tree and stuff like that. And they believe in um, when when you get the ball, you have to do something in three seconds or pass it type of thing. So, I mean, and it, during his press conference, he did say that the, assist the rate. being 27th, exactly, being 27th in the league and, and assist rate and stuff like that isn't good. So, I mean, he he's already acknowledged it um, and getting – and I think the people he fills out on his staff but is really going to show that, But think that about too. that. He says that. Here's my question, though. He did say that, and he said the right things, and we have to play with pace. But, like, that's not what Jason Tatum does. And Jason Tatum is your alpha. So the first time Jason Tatum dribbles the shit out of the cl- uh, shot clock and, and launches a step back three, is Udoka going to be like, that's cool, Brad, but don't do Brad's that, gonna, you know? Brad's going <laughs> to get emailed back for that in straight time. Adam. But that's where the coach comes in and where you have to challenge right, but your he best do that? player. That's I, I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have – that's the same thing with Luca. Can can Jason Kidd do the same thing with Luca? right? Can he challenge nope. him? Luca might – And that's Luka, the thing. Luca different, different personalities. <laughs> but, but it's the same ego star yeah. type of personality, What's right, What's the over-under so. on the amount of coaches that Luca's going to chew up and spit out I'm right now? You. Man. Crazy. He could go through like seven in his first ten years, especially now that he doesn't approve number two. <laughs> oh my god! 
Oh my god! Right now, who would you rather have, Luca or Trey Young? Luca still. He's six Luka. eight. Come Luka. on, Luca. <laughs> Everyone's so quick to say Luca, but that, that well, Trey Young show, showed. Me okay, well let me ask, if you, oh, if you switch Trey Young and Luca with if you if you put Luca on the on the on the Hawks team, is the Hawks team better? Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe. maybe. Yeah, well, maybe that much better again. than they are. I, I think they, they were I below they us. They were below us. I, I, I mean, look, look what's happened with the coaching change. Luca so, does. So it can't be denied. You, you surround Luca with wings that could shoot and play make. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Luca, Luca did it alone before. there. Luca did it alone in Dallas. But they won the team before. So that's, 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 you, and that's you the talk. That's about, you talk about having a shit roster. Dallas had a shit roster. You know, and and they were within a hair of yeah. beating a beating a team that's knocking on the doors of getting to the final. You know, the third best players. Uh, who's that point guard there? Um, oh, they're terrible. And the difference between and with the Hawks team, those guys, those wings can they're going to develop. They can already do it now, but they're going to develop into guys who can drill a pass and shoot. Like but comparing but it to the Dallas before, roster. Before the but the difference is though, right? Trey Young didn't trust his teammates. He trusts his teammates now, and everyone knows their role. So guys right, but- know what to do. So that goes back to my point. Coaching changed everything. Again, I, I would, I would, I would feel what you're saying more if everybody was saying this before the trade. That was not, that was not the reality. That it wasn't. So with that trade, that that's why I said Brad's number one job, his most important job, is to pick that coach. Being a rookie coach is tough. It is tough. It is tough when you walk into an environment where people are used to doing things a certain way. That's a hard freaking job for a guy who's never coached it. Coached, uh, coach, been the head coach uh, at this level or any level. That's hard. But it's the same thing. It's like, uh, this is like another analogy, I guess. Like when you, well, no one's going to know this, but if you like go to prison, you punch the biggest guy in there, right? We've to all set been the to tone. prison. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, I mean, totally. you have to set the tone. You have to, you know, uh, you got to, you got to piss, you know, on, on, on the floor to set. Set set the tone, you know. So that's what that's what this guy got to do. You, you find the biggest guy, yeah. Uh, no, Yo, but I mean, I'm that's a, low. I have always believed in that philosophy, like in general, where like you do have to set the the precedent. The precedent matters. Okay, you go in and you turtle. You know, like I still believe in Kess. I think you agree with this, I, right? You know, uh, is that um, that Kyrie ended Brad's coaching career um, uh, because. Everybody saw blatant disrespect or whatever was going on that year, and you know that was it. That, that, that not just Kyrie that year, Brad clearly not having control of that team. I, I think he lost all of his authority then and there. It doesn't take much mm-hmm. for people to be like this guy. And and if you're a rookie and you're a first timer, it doesn't take a lot for them to be like, I don't think this guy knows what he's doing. So like, <laughs> a lot could go wrong uh, early Dude. here. Uh, so I, I am. I'm not saying I'm concerned. It's just I do think everyone's like he's great. He's just what they want. But it's really freaking hard to be a head coach in the NBA, and it's really hard to be a tough head coach in the NBA when you don't have that cachet behind it. You're Popovich. You're Belichick. You walk into a room and you say, "Fucking do it this way," because let me show you my rings. Different story. It's like okay, but this is a guy who's like, "Do it this way," because I say so. And they're Ime, like, "Ime does have a ring." Uh, sure, that's fine as an assistant, but I mean, again, outside <laughs> outside of your outside of your title, you have to show people why they have to respect you and listen to you and follow you. And you know, it's, it's but you have to earn it. You got to yeah. earn it, right? Yeah, and, and he's known do. as a grinder, so I, I hope he so, can man. earn it. And I think, yeah. yeah, I think he can relate in that aspect with, I mean, with the stars because I guess he he kind of said it in his press conference with, with uh, Kawhi. He was there when when. 
Kawhi ascended to to him being that good. So I mean, if he's talking to Jason or or, or Jalen, those are that's the type of player that they wanna they they aspire to be be like. So I mean, he he know he knew how to motivate Kawhi. He knew how to get him to get to that to that level. So he should be able to do the same thing with the Jays. So I it, mean, yeah, it, it, that's true. But um, you know, he's. Uh... I don't know. It was, you know, what year was that with, with Leonard? With, with, with it's like thing? 20, what, 13, 14, 15, around there? 13. Yeah, 13, 14. And you're right. He wasn't there yet. Tatum and Brown already are. That's yeah. the thing. Like, uh, Leonard was nowhere near. Leonard didn't become Leonard till like, year five, you know? Right. Um, these guys got there. Tatum got there in year three, you know? Um, he's He's been Tatum for a couple of years. Yeah, that's true. So it is a little different. Kawhi made a superstar leap. Kawhi was a great complimentary player, and not just complimentary, he was an outstanding all around player. He made the leap into like this guy might be a top five NBA player, like in in and around that time. Tatum's kind of, you know, very, very evolved. But um guys, it was a joy. Um Kess, did you get all of your rant out? I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to get some other people involved. What, did you what, get it all out? What, one more thing. Isn't it crazy that – okay, so you have the superstar-driven league, uh, player-dominated league, and the Celtics, the most important person in that organization is really Brad Stevens. Isn't that kind of like wild? Like, so, he, like, he, he didn't – things didn't pan out for him necessarily as a coach. And so he gets this promotion, and now he has this power. And I'm just thinking – what other what other organization would do would do something like that? I mean, maybe Miami with Spolstra, but I mean, you got to think that he came up in that organization, um, worked in the. In, this in is the just a part. This is just a parting shot here, Cass. Okay. No, no. no you know what? Let, let me this say has, this. No, no. This has, this I'll, has I'll, nothing I'll to do with anything no. we're talking about. The no, no, Lakers, no, no, no. In the Lakers, Lakers hired Kobe's agent. Come on, guys. No, no. The no, Lakers no, hired Kobe's agent. Cass did not get enough. Uh, you know, did not no, this get this is... full pound of flesh <laughs> when Brad was fired, so he's circling back here. Oh, no, 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 man. And, and I say this for this reason, because I believe it's because well, they actually believe in the man in his mind. So when people say that oh. who, the, who the pressure's on, I think to me, and I mean, this is in a good way, uh, it's on Brad to really show and prove, because when you talk about um, Emmy, um, Brad should have his back. He's been there. He's done these things. But to me, it's just kind of fascinating that that really they invested that much into this guy. It's just you just don't see that. Like, like so the the the, the um, complaints that they had about Marcus Smart to me, there were like indirect shots at Brad because of Brad him being his basically favorite son, or to whatever degree, however you want to put it, however you want to put it. So it's just like this guy really is going to be running his organization for real. So the idea that he'll be gone after a year or two, like, I just don't, when I saw them up there today on the press conference, I just didn't see that. It's like, he's somebody who obviously doesn't want to go back to college. I'm guessing he feels vested in this area. And so he's going to make it, he's going to stake his claim here. Remember I used to talk about all the time, all this losing he was going through, things that were going his way, how those drives home were going to be, him looking in the mirror. So obviously he's kind of come to the fore. I'm interested to see how that plays out. So I'm not knocking him. I'm just kind of stating as a fact, like, wow, he is really that guy. He's, he is that dude with the with the Celtics. They gave him that type of power. It is yeah. still kind of hard to believe. It's crazy. It is weird. It is weird. Um, 
It's weird. But I, I think, you know. Oh. But he's done a good Sorry, job so far, I, I feel like. You know, I like the first two moves here. So. Yeah, but I, exactly. You know, yeah, I boxes. think he's a smart guy. I, I mean, I think Brad is a smart guy. I think he's he's uh, meticulous with, I think he will be. I mean, we've seen it with the two things and with the two moves that he made. And I, it, I don't know, does, does, do we get that Al Horford trade of Danny? Well, I do. DM? I actually think both. I think I think a lot of people were taking two for two. I saw two slash two on Twitter a ton. Um, I think a lot of people took a bunch of victory laps over both the Kemba trade and the, this hire. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I, I honestly think most people would have done the same thing. Like, I, I don't think this was like a, oh, Brad pulled out a miracle trade. This was a, what works? This works great. Does it make us better? Probably not, but it gets rid of the money trade. But it's the intimidation thing with Danny Ainge. It was his reputation was maybe he's gonna he's gonna get you right. Isn't so Brad I think, still? Yeah. Is, isn't Brad still the coach if Ainge is the GM still? I'm saying a replacement level. If yeah. Brad wasn't high, if you had brought in a different GM, I think a similar Kemba trade gets made. And honestly, Udoka oh, okay. is, 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 could easily have been the head coach as well. I also think if they picked someone else like Billups or Ham, everyone also would have said great hire. So I don't think like he did the, the, the two things that only Brad would have done. I think he's getting a little too much credit. What happens next? I think no, these we're, we're comparing the, it to Ainge. I'm saying these were the easy moves that a, replace, that a replacement level GM would have made. And I, these were the easy moves. The hard moves are how the fuck yeah. do you build for the future? Who do you resign? Do you hold the line? Try to save for that third star? Do you make a big splashy move? Do you commit money long term to guys like Smart and Robin extensions? Do you? How much do you pay Fournier? Do you go? These are the hard decisions. He hasn't made a hard decision yet. I would have. Uh, I, I, I would have felt a little bit better. I'm not saying that Brad's not doing a good job, but I would have felt like it was a more of a Brad decision if it was any place else but OKC. But because because it was the connection you already had to Sam Presti, it's kind of like yeah. I mean, your first call is to your boy because you have no other connection. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good deal, but can you wheel and deal? Can you make that type of decision with a GM you don't know, with the, you know, with a team that you don't have a history with? Yeah. So I'm kind of waiting to see the, 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 the Yeah, and, and honestly, the, the trade, I mean, whether you take in whatever analysts say, but, I mean, it was pretty much graded a tie. You know, like, okay, it makes sense for both teams. You know, um, the OKC gets more picks. They can stockpile it. Presti can see if he can flip Kemba again down the road. If he gets some use out of him this year, maybe get another pick later. Blah, 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 blah. Boston gets salary relief. It was pretty much a blah trade. You know, it wasn't like a holy shit, Brad pulled one out of a hat trade. Uh, so, again, we'll see. The the, the big stuff is coming. Uh, the, the, I, I think, like, I mean, nobody has a clue what they're going to do. Certainly with Fournier, with Smart, whatever, you know? I mean, shit, they lose Fournier, they got to do something, right? I mean, they got to do something. <laughs> it's a pretty, you know. Or That's else, what I'm talking about, John. And, and if they do, it's clearly a bridge year. If they do, it's clearly a bridge year, which is fine. You're playing the kids, which I don't mind. But you, people, gotta, people really have to tamp down their expectations. If they don't re-sign Fournier, they don't commit to Smart, they're kind of playing that long game. Uh, and it's or rolling the dice on the kids here, but they're playing a long game to see if they can get somebody else bigger. They're they're looking for. Well, I guess it goes back to what you said, John, uh, a couple of shows back. When you you put out the question, hey, what do we think Jalen and and, and Jason are going to be? Are they going to be potentially top ten, top five? So 
I mean, let's put out our markers now. What do we think? Like, let's do it now. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want a situation like when Harden left, all of a sudden you have something to say. Yeah. When I mean, you could have signed him on the Exactly. Team. You get mad because he goes to Houston, blows up the spot. Like, no, you had him in, you had him in your stable. You had that guy. So what's the deal? We have two guys. So let's, uh, gentlemen, it's like six of us in the group. Put it out there. Put, the put, easiest put thing to up. do. What's up? I, the easiest thing to do, Kess, not just from, in terms of, it's always easier to do nothing, but the best thing to do is hold the line and see what you've got in what you've got. Exactly. Because it's your, it's your most, it doesn't mean it's going to translate, but it's your most likely path to success. I've been saying that from the get-go. Your, Especially when you see Because the n- there is no magic solution that makes you better instantly. So the best chance you have is that everybody improves who's currently on the roster now, and you actually have more talent than you think. Because Look at this Final Four in the playoffs. I mean, really. I, that's I, what, I, that's what I was trying not- to say earlier. Again, you look up and down these rosters, and you're like, that's not, intim- that's not intimidating. Dudley, how good will Jalen be? Um, John, how good do you think Jalen will be? So, Sherrod, like, let's put I, it out there. What do you, I, I'm, so, I'm saying that. It was asked earlier. What's up? Sherrod said top 15. If he's still with us. Sherrod put it out there at top. But, but I think that's too, that's too, like, I don't think. I'd say gonna, top 20. Top 20. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hit 15. We're talking, I think I mean, the, question, the way, was, the, way the question was, was phrased was, what's the absolute, like, peak, peak. of Jalen? Like, when he's at the top of his mm-hmm. game, the absolute top. In his prime, he's he twenty four right now. He could crack the top fifteen. That, but that's my see. That's my problem. He was the best my player in the league for the first 10, 15 games. The timeline is off, Yo, guys. The timeline is off. Everyone asking the question, "What's Jalen and Jason going to be?" The problem is when they get there, are they still in Boston? Good point. Good point. That's as long as that's the point. point to be in Boston. But, but we have to understand this is the this is a step in the right direction though. We have to, right. we have to with the coach, with with the moves that we'll make. We got Al Horford back. We're getting in there. I'm not gonna say good graces because we've been competitive. This is the first year we haven't really been that competitive. So yeah, there's no reason for them to go. So here's they, the biggest problem, and it it doesn't matter now because you can't go back and change it. But their best opportunities in the past. So they're going to have to overcome a lot now to get back to that point. And unfortunately, and now Brown and Tatum are so expensive now that you have less flexibility to get there. Like if we were talking about a ball sign and trade three years ago, it'd be the easiest thing ever to pull off because Brown and Tatum were making rookie money. Uh, now, like you're really squeezing when it comes to the money on this roster. I mean, they're right at the tax line right now without even signing Fournier. And, you know, like, if you want to do a trade there, if you want to do a sign-and-trade, like, everything's just so tight in terms of team building right now. Um, so that's when you put the pressure on the owners. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. If you know you have yeah. two thoroughbreds, in your, you're ready to rock and roll. So I understand what you're saying, Dudley, but to me, those factors can change. Again, you have, if you have the opportunity to shine, then it's time to shine. And so then it's time to invest. It's time to, to take the extra, the extra mile. And I want to see what this new coach would do for these two superstar players to bring to bring the best out of them to put them in the position to force yeah. the franchise to say, you know what? Let's put the money up. Let's do it. So then how long you asked us the question about uh, Jalen and Jason. I'm asking you, how long is it going to take for you if they don't get to a point where they're progressing you know, fast it's, enough it's, or, or great enough in order for them to win a championship? When do you pull the trigger on one of them 
in order for the other one to either get to the finals or win, win a championship. Because it's if, next if two years. Jason Tatum doesn't get that championship or get to the finals within this, this extension, he's wrong. I know, but that's a lot. We still have time. Like I said, yes. you're saying two years. I'm saying I'm saying one is going to tell you a lot. Like you're right, going right, to learn right. Right. a lot this year, as I said. You're going to learn a lot about Romeo, Neesmith, Rob, J- whether Jalen and Jason can, can make an ascent, whether this coach unlocks things in this team that lay dormant because of Brad. We don't know that. So it is a right. huge, a, hu- a huge deal. You could show up with the same team and all of a sudden they're frigging, you know, they, they, they start the season 20, you know, 20 and four and you're like, holy shit. You know, like it wouldn't be shocking, right? It wouldn't be shocking. Um, so let's it, – it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you a lot. And, again, as um, Kes keeps saying here, you look up and down this team, Clippers are running away with it now against – It's Phoenix. crazy. Uh, and they started Patrick Beverly, Terrence Mann, and friggin' who else in this game? I mean, I mean, you're talking about like – and, again, obviously they're down Kawhi Leonard, but, like, I mean, this is a thin team right now that's taking, you know – the best in the West, you know, uh, the, 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 the distance. So again, it's, it's, there isn't outside of Brooklyn. There is not a huge gap between where the Celtics were last year and being in the conversation. Right. The, the reason yeah. I used to get on this, uh, on this platform and yell and scream and get mad is because I thought we could do better. And I thought we had the talent to do better. That's what everybody and, felt. That was the, that was the story of the season. Right. You could. Oh, and Reggie Jackson, Jesus. Um, yeah, that's the story. This looking like a superstar. Was, I mean, what the? You don't get mad at your kid if you realize if they can't, if they keep, you know, they dribble the ball off their shoes. But you know, like, you know, every single time they go out there, you're like, oh, you know, go get them, kiddo. You're doing your best. You get mad because you think that they had more. Everybody no, I get thought, mad. Everybody thought there was more. Then let's snatch kids, Jimmy. Easy. We, ta- <laughs> we talked about it prior to the he's season. Doing, he's doing suicides after the game. If that prior, prior to the season, without Evan Fournier and having lost Gordon Hayward, most analysts had this as a two seed or a three seed in the East. They clearly shit the bed in terms of expectations. They came in way, way, way under. You know, if they played average this year, if they played close to their expectation, we wouldn't be all doom and gloom right now. They would have probably been a four seed. They would have probably gotten to round two. You would have said that they had holes, but it wouldn't have been this, like, oh, it's, everything is awful sort of vibe to the team. So, you know, again, it, it's, not as, it's not as bad as we made it out to be, but they still have a lot of sh- – they're really limited in what they um, But One last thing. One um, last thing that we're going to wrap yeah. up here because Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's – poor Jimmy's you – know, <laughs> Uh, Jim, 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 Jimmy's the only one on here with a real nine to five. The rest of us get the kind of you know. anyway, bringing bring up the 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 Jays being on like um, on their rookie deals and stuff like that. It's I don't think that's really fair because the expectations for those teams were a little bit different. Their their roles weren't as number one and number two guys. We had Kyrie Irving, we had Gordon Hayward, uh, Al Horford. Those. It was for them to lead, for them to to carry the stuff. No, I, I can't. I don't think anyone in this in this chat would would have thought that the Jays would be this good this soon. Right? I did. There's no way. There's no way. He made no, a no. jump. They made a that, they made no, a huge that's jump. That's why I'm mad. That's that's what got me mad. That's what got. That's why I was so pissed off. Because when I looked at Jalen, I saw the potential. I'll say this again. There are people, I'm sure, in Oklahoma City are like, we had three guys in here 
who all won MVPs, and we don't have not one, and we don't have a championship. If you recognize, I just call me Puff Daddy. Okay, I could see talent. I could turn. I could see a big man and turn him into Biggie Small. So be it. I don't get. I mean, I felt that way. I really did. And I'm not the only one. If you talk to other cats who, who watch um, basketball and, and played against um, the teams played against the Celtics, they recognize that Jalen was that dude. But I'm it saying this quickly. Mind, you thought he was going to be this good this quickly is what dude, I'm saying. Yes, because you see him play the same way I said that the coach needed to go. People are like, why do you keep saying that, Kess? I'm like, because I see how they're playing under this man. Like, I'm not surprised. So I'm, ex- I'm telling, I am saying, I'm putting it down. I expect that man to do that much more this year. So just, just go back to the tape. I just was on the show. I get that, but 22 and 23-year-olds, they don't win championships. What Luca? Oh, right, right. They don't and win. They that, don't win but championships. What, but what you do is recognize those individuals who will get you those championships. Like, like we have. We have. I think we have. two years too late. You it's not too years. late. I mean, honestly, it's honestly, not too late. And I'm salty but, behind that, yo. But the thing is, with, 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 the, with the whole Kyrie. Chris, right now. Who could have predicted that? Chris, Bro. right now, if you had to handicap um, the, the teams left and who's going to win a championship, Phoenix is in the conversation, and that's they're crazy. St- and their stars are twenty two and twenty. You know, dude, so dude, but that's was but that's on the sidelines with with, with, with Russell, Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook, like and this dude like because like, a, a part of a part yeah, of the camp, campaign <laughs> have, was a big part woo! of my. Was a they have boy. a guy named Chris Paul. That is why they're in the. Of conversation. course they do. Of course they do. Yes, that is right, why right, they're right. in the conversation. And, and I recognize that but Chris Paul has players to play with right so let's recognize that also and let's also recognize obviously when he picked teams he said you know what I see these two young boys over there I got them so what I'm saying is I'm saying we have two young dudes everybody's talking about these free agents if you put them on display and everybody sees the best of them they're going to be old heads to be like you know what I'm going to ride these cats to a championship that's going to that's how this again it's history when I brought up Atlanta I didn't just bring it up just to bring it up Look, look what Nate has done to the team. Look what he's done. So let's recognize that fact. I expect, I expect awesome things from the from our our two best players Good. next year. I That's do. it. That's it. Right there. We're ending on a, we're ending on a positive note. Um, yes. So <laughs> that was it. So we expect good things. Um, I, I, you know, we're going to keep doing this through the rest of the playoffs, just to kind of keep hanging out. If there's new stories or anything else, but most of the fireworks are going to happen after the season. So again. There's going to be a, a ton of stuff to dissect uh, and judge. And uh, like I said, they're going to tip their hand a little bit with which direction they want to go um, in terms of whether they're holding back. And they're, they're, you know, so we're going to know a lot about this team, I think, um, as we kind of get into free agency. There's no draft, but, you know, Bobby's eyeing that 45 pick. Um, <laughs> something yep. fierce right now. But um, again, <laughs> th- thanks to our regulars. Thanks to first timers. Thanks to old timers. Sorry to people who didn't get in here. Uh, we missed hearing from you guys. We enjoyed it. Uh, we'll jump on again at least next week, if not another time this week. Again, follow everybody here on Twitter. Um, follow Celtic CLNS Twitter as well. That's where we kind of put out notifications. I don't know if some of these live broadcasts are surprising people. Um, they're kind of coming out of nowhere. It's going to mm-hmm. be fairly inconsistent, um, you know, uh, until we get back into the regular season. Bobby's friggin' saying crazy shit like doing – uh, post games for Tokyo Olympics. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'm not ruling it out either. So we'll see. Um, we we also don't. It's not like we need a summer league in August. Summer can, league 100 percent doing post games. We can still do a show based on the Olympics. 
game, but we don't have to go on. You know, like people are like clamoring for like Ugh, time to time to make the donuts. Yeah, USA just, versus you know Japan or whatever it is. We're just gonna roll out of bed <laughs> at three a.m. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> make the donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's such an old reference, but I freaking anyway. Um, I'm old. Um, all right, thank you guys. We appreciate it, um, and uh, we will catch up with you guys later, guys. Panelists, my main panelists. Any word? Nah, just good hearing from everybody, and um, hopefully we'll see you guys or hear from you guys again soon. You know what we get to do? We get to do a live show someday, John. Like in like a live show. Oh, we will do that next week in person. That is coming. Most of you guys aren't in Boston, but we will talk about doing one down in East Boston um, at the Real we'll House one it. day. Yeah, and we'll stream it. We'll actually be live, live uh, next cool. to each other. Don't um, make me fly out there. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I would love Definitely it. In sure. fact, in fact, I, I'm, I, I'm I'm thinking about it now without really, you know, this is just the germ of an idea. But I think we we should have an opening night live launch party, and we and uh, and uh, we, we 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 would absolutely welcome as many of you guys as possible. That'd be uh, sweet when the season starts next year. So hopefully, take over dare, a bar somewhere. Dare to dream. We'll do it. We'll do a garden report takeover somewhere. That would be fun. Um, All right. Yeah. But, let's do it. But yeah, a talk lot. To you guys soon. A lot more action till then. So thanks, guys, and we'll we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Good to see you. Later, off. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.